Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This week in league, CEOs from a couple of Westie clubs take steps to see things from their fan base perspective by becoming unemployed. Joey Leilua aims to become the next Canberra player sacked for off-field indiscretions. We discovered that the only thing harder than Marty Tapao's stiff arm was Glenn's penis on Friday night. And we preview all of the action for round 15 of the 2015 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 193 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. How you going, fella? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. What about yourself? Yeah, right. Fucking. Freshly coiffed. Uh, yeah, a bit I mean, of product in there. Oh, no, just a little a bit, bit. Shiny. Just bare minimum. Like, there's a bare minimum today because like, I only like go all out when, you know. What do you mean? There's like, a, you know. If I'm going you don't go all out on Tuesday night for me. No, not so much. Fucking Jesus. I brushed it. I even wear sh- wore shoes, proper shoes tonight. Yeah, and, when you're, and we're wearing like footy shorts, like match day shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Better than Ugg boots. Yeah, why aren't you wearing, wearing the Ugg boots? Oh, I thought I'd try and class it up a little bit. Can I tell you that I'm so disappointed you're not wearing the Ugg boots tonight because I was chatting to Hilgenfeld about it and he fucking thinks it's hilarious that you wear Ugg boots and I was going to take a photo and send it to him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oops. So, yeah, unfortunately. Why is that, it funny that I wear Ugg boots? I don't think it's funny, but for an American... For some reason, it just it just it just struck him funny or took his fancy. I don't I don't know what the deal with Ugg boots in America is. Yeah, I mean I know it's a thing that was like fashion. Like Pamela Anderson made it fucking classy. It was like and then fashion. I was like, well, I got just as good at boobs as her. Because if, if there's one thing that Pamela Anderson is good for, it's it's making stuff classy. Like I tell you, I mean she made she made sucking Tommy Lee's dick on a boat look like fucking Armani shit, right? Look, nothing. No one really considered you know rubbing cocaine into your genitals and letting someone suck it off <laughs> no one thought that was fucking cool until she started doing it just saying trendsetter you say that like it's not a fucking mainstay of the porn industry forever <laughs> don't watch a great deal of porn Nathan it's not, to live it's, it out it's not something it's not something that tends to make it the camera that's why I don't have much sex because generally when the lights go out I start making that noise and Nicklin's like oh this is fucking horse shit mate yeah. Just go to sleep. She just fucking head. transforms into a nun. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, she's like, confess, confess, and starts hitting me over the head with a fucking ladle. Shame. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding. Shame. Ding, ding. <laughs> That's what happens when I get undressed for the shower every morning. I'm like, fuck, where'd you come with that bell, Nicklin? She follows you, she follows you from the bedroom just the whole walk. Ding, ding. Shame. 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 Leo's first word, Shame. <laughs> <laughs> Kid can ring a bell. I'll give him that. <laughs> oh fuck! Um, oh, once again, welcome kids. to uh, welcome to the new listeners. Um, we had a big spike. <laughs> and, and sorry, <laughs> yeah. uh, if you listen to one episode, you kind of know what you're in for at this point. But um, yeah, there you go. There's more. There's more of the same. Um, you had another massive spike last week for some reason, and I, I did a bit of looking around just to see if there was any 
particular driver behind it, but it just seems to be a week when you know we had a, you know a lot of people shared it on on Facebook, and I guess it's mm. it just trickled down or something. I think the more people that do that, we're, we're closing in on five thousand um, Twitter followers as well. I think we're like about, well under a hundred, like ninety. Yeah, ninety ninety one to go. Yeah, that's pretty good. Ticking um, along nicely, but I'd like to see um, in the, the number on Facebook get up there. So the more people that share it, hopefully. Yeah, the nature. Of, the people want to be all in, incognito because they want to, they'll talk mad shit from behind their their fake Twitter alias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if they um yeah they get on Facebook and they got to use their real name, then they're ex- they're exposing themselves a bit there more, I guess. Can. Yeah. Um. So the mailbag this week, and it does reflect the, the new listeners. Had one from uh, G Campbell underscore eighty eight, and you know, we read these these Twitter handles out, of course, so everyone can get around and follow these guys. Hey, fellas, don't know what I've been doing for the last five years, but I finally listened to the podcast. Awesome shit. Thank you, sir. I think I think he he, he put the shit in there like to to fit in with us, and like and that's about as far as he goes. So maybe he's not much of a. What about his binge listen to all this year's episodes? Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, yeah, like let's face it. If you're going to binge a year, then this year is probably the year because the last two years, I mean, the the, the length of episodes has been has been down like two hours. It's, it's long, but some of that stuff in the second year, third year, three and a half hours, and like, <laughs> and I think back to those like, times. I remember now. getting home at two. One thirty, two in the morning, shit like that. Yeah, I don't think that was a regular thing. Though. I think it was, like we started heaps earlier because you'd come over and we'd have and because remember my kids were younger, so yeah. go, they were going to bed like you know a half an hour to an hour earlier than they are now, and they'd still be up when you when you got here. So you were getting pretty early. So we're starting early. Yeah, I used, but to, using tr- that extra I used time. to get here at seven thirty, but then I figured that I was getting here at seven thirty, and then you cooked me a delicious meal, but then we wouldn't start till fucking eight thirty. Nine o'clock, nine thirty. Some days ten o'clock. If we fucking couldn't get those first three lines at the start of the show, Uh, sometimes they take a long time to produce. Like thirty seconds to say. What is it? Writer's block or something? Like fuck the times we would sit there, and we just bounced the shittest ideas off each other. Yeah, it's like nah. The way it would the way it would go though is in amongst those shit ideas, I would come up with the most amazing, hilarious idea ever that was so far over the line <laughs> that you would just point blank refuse. Me to, you just would not allow me to put it at the start. Yeah. You're, just, you're just like, there's no way we can do it. Like, we're just not doing it. And like, you know, now, some of the ones that John West rejected back in season three mm. might might be just standard shit we say now. But- yeah. <laughs> I used to, um, I remember when we first started doing it, my um my best mate was like, I love what you're doing. I think it's got you know it's it's fucking awesome. I just I just think you need to probably tone some of the content and some of the language back. <laughs> we were toned back though early, and and now he's like, I was talking to him the other week, and he's like, doesn't seem to have stopped. Just <laughs> like it kept growing and growing and exactly. growing. And look, it probably. We're probably never going to be mainstream. Yeah. To a certain extent, we may get enough of a following that we get a bit of interest. But if we can't be who we are, we're not. We're not going to be like. We're not going to replace. You know, when Fatty decides to hang it up, we're not going to be replacing those no, guys. I'm no, no. Sure at all. It's, that's not what we've ever yeah. aimed for. In at fact, we're kind of railed against it. Yeah. Sorry. 
we actually kind of railed against that somewhat. Exactly, but the, the whole point is that we're just talking shit about footy. Mm-hmm. That's the whole context. And, you know, for, for any new listeners, this is old news for anyone that's listened to the show for any period of time, but, you know, there's, there's so many people that yep. want to be journalists and we're just not those people. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the want to be journalists, you find those 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 people realise real quick when it's a fucking grind to put out you know an episode every single week, mm. and and the grind isn't getting them you know into into Danny Danny Weedler's position in life. You gotta you gotta enjoy what you're fucking doing to exactly. Honestly, this is this is my out. Yeah, like the fucking tailspin that I go into for fucking. 12, 14 hours a day, every fucking day once my eyes open to the yeah. point where they're shut, this is a couple of hours where I go, fuck yeah, I can cut loose and <laughs> talk about some footy and not worry about, you know, adult shit that I've got to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I get to see you in your fucking Avengers pyjama pants, which is, yeah, quite nice. frankly, it's giving me the world's tiniest boner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you got to work with what you got, right? Um, the world's hardest bone up. It's also the worst Well, yeah, true. I mean, I fucking couldn't cut this with a diamond, but... <laughs> um, at Sydney Hand Surge, S-U-R-G, which is just short for Sydney Hand Surgeon, just listened to your podcast the first time, couldn't stop laughing. I hope he wasn't listening while he was doing hand surgery. <laughs> well, I think as a Sydney, Sydney Hand Surgeon, I mean, he can almost sponsor the show because, I mean, there are so many people that listen to this show... That would be spraining, spraining ligaments in just, their hands and wrists. Just saying <laughs> that he does hand and wrist surgery, and yeah. if he's if he's gonna, you know, maybe give a promo code, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll be rich. <laughs> just, if you jump onto his website, enter the promo code Twill, <laughs> you'll get a fifty percent discount on your wrist surgery uh, yeah. for any chronic masturbation issues you might have. <laughs> Chapo. <laughs> TWB. Why, why does it have to be about Chapo? Chapo's redeemed if I, if, if, I, if I didn't say it, you would have... Nah. Look at this. Glenn's all turned around. Now he loves the nah. fucking... Ch- look, Chapo's a fuckhead. I'm never going to deny that, but <laughs> you saw the tweet, R.I.P. Go, right? Yeah, I saw... You, it really fucking caught your imagination, oh, that, that tweet. I laughed at that. <laughs> I was just thinking about it now. It's making me laugh all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, for these last several years, he's been digging away at the dirt with his fucking stumps, yeah. right? And just there fucking drooling into the dirt. And all of a sudden, years later, he finds this little tiny speckle of fucking gold. And it's the most <laughs> purest gold ever. And he's like, he's back to fucking toiling away with his stumps again don't yeah. get me wrong but he's but, gonna write oh off that oh my he's... god that was just hilarious my wife the, the tweet was something along the lines of the African people two doors up had a goat in their backyard two days ago now they're having a party and the goat's gone <laughs> where's Ash, the goat R.I.P. goat <laughs> <laughs> my wife's African I showed her she thought it was fucking hilarious I love it I bet anyway, she got real hungry though too at the same time she's like hmm what are we having for dinner tonight has the, have the neighbours got a goat? <laughs> uh, at TWB underscore NRL. Listen in for the first time. Great podcast. You guys are onto something. Mason is a journo's dream. Hash, get him on the podcast. Hash, quote a minute. Look, that could be arranged very, very easily. Let's do it. We should fucking we should pursue this uh, pursue this path. We would consider consider the lo- we 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 would have to really consider the line of questioning. Obviously, 
um, we don't really do a lot of, like interviews on this show, but I've done a ton of interviews on the MMA one. And like you sort of, you have your questions that you want to ask, and usually you just start talking and it just goes, and then you try and steer it where you want it to go, and you know that sort of thing. But you just like. I'd have so many notes of things I wanted to get his him to talk about because you know it'd be fucking hilarious. Cat's hair. Oh, just how did you come up with that, Willie? I'd actually you'd have to go back and look him look him up just to remember all of the funny shit that has happened and like controversial shit that's happened through his career. And then you know what I mean, like just so you could cover it all off. It'd have to be like a career retrospective thing. <laughs> maybe something like the end. Of, maybe something like the after after the season or something. Yeah. Like if he's going to pull the pin at the end of the season, you know, you just give like you know look back on his career. Um, and welcome, TWB underscore NRL. <coughs> Excuse me, Oliver Burgess. Just started listening this season, hash funny cunts. Question, would membership ship to Northern Ireland, hash tigers in decline, hash go boo bunnies. <coughs> go what? I don't know what the fuck that means. But, um, <laughs> must be a Northern Ireland thing. Yes, we ship everywhere, everywhere where it's possible to ship Via those absolute cunts Australia Post. Fuck, I'm having trouble with those pricks lately. Absolute assholes. Jack underscore Blake 213. Just joined the Twitter land because of the show. And then I think he's he's meant to use hashtags there. He's so new to Twitter, he's meant to use hashtags, but he's used ats. So, like, at bad boy bubby, at Glenn's movie to watch, at great show. That's hash, hash instead of the at there, dude. You're getting it, though. Andy Kintz, aka Bald Andy. The first 10 minutes of this week in league was fucking hilarious. Hash, where's the wheels? <laughs> Drew underscore Nathan five on that subject. I've tried to group stuff, you know, like with like this week. I think the Tigers wheels are wagon wheels. <laughs> Biscuit core. <laughs> well, let me tell you, the wheels have been uh, well and truly put back on this week. They've fucking, they've been replaced with new mag wheels, spinners, if yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some hydraulic suspension. <laughs> You hope. You hope they did the wheel nuts up long enough to last a significant length of time, though. Uh, Corey Davis, 03. Were you guys high at the start of this week's podcast? <laughs> Lots of laughs already. <laughs> We're always high. High on... High on... Caffeine. Footy, high on footy and cheap Macca's coffee, in your case. Pepsi Max. Pepsi what Max. What Coke Zero? What the fuck? Oh, fucking... You know, this, is, this is... What happens is... Either, I'll tell you what fucking happens... You buy whatever the fuck's on special, and that's, it's very frustrating. That's pretty. That's pretty much it. Well, it's not. There's not so much what's on special. It's what's, you know, at Costco that time. So, because you know, you get like thirty sixes and like super, you know, bigger, mm. bigger boxes of them and stuff. But um, I'll be making another trip to Costco shortly, so I should tee it up, and you can cook my entire family dinner. You have the oh, salmon. Uh, sorry. You have the salmon. Do you get salmon last time? Yeah. It's fucking gold. Had it for lunch today. Had it for lunch every day. It's pretty fucking boring, actually. Also got. Massive rolls of toilet paper. Yeah, lasted a lifetime. Bulk cleaning products. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really. Look, I'm fairly regular. Doesn't last a lifetime. Literally full of shit. Oh, that's a little unfair. Not full. Maybe you should buy yourself one of those Japanese toilets with a little fucking hose thing. I don't know to which you refer, Nathan, but anyway. Right. What does it do? Gurney your ass at the end of it? Essentially, it's not like a gurney power. That's more like a shower oh, for your that's, ass. That's, that, that's not going to do. <laughs> I was at a toilet in Dubai. Yeah, oh, God. Now we're talking about Nathan's toilet stories. Fuck, this oh. is a new low. I'm sorry to our new listeners, and um, thank you for listening, and, and goodbye. I just, when you said gurney, just reminded me, I went to, I stop over in Dubai, walk in the toilet, go to a cubicle, had to go number twos. It's like someone fucking gurneyed the entire cubicle with shit. 
Really? Oh, the cubicle. The entire fucking. It was like little John was in there to the windows, <laughs> to the walls. <laughs> like, fucking. <laughs> just. <laughs> what? How does that happen? Oh, some dirty fucking Arab motherfucker. <laughs> I'm presuming. Oh, just. Just remind me when you mentioned I had, Gurney and those fucking toilets. I had lunch with a colleague the other day, this week, in taking dumps. <laughs> um, I went to the bathroom. Just I've never uh, heard of that podcast. Drink, <laughs> <laughs> drink a lot of drink a lot of water. Anyway, and um, had to go off and uh, use the, use the uh, amenities. There's a sign on the wall saying, uh, "Please do not stand or squat on the toilet seat." Yeah, whereabouts was that? Karina? Karinda? So that's okay. So it's not like a high like you know, Asian population there so much, really. Anyway, anyone that's uh, partaking in that, fucking Jesus, how's your I'd coordination? Say, yeah, well, what, what, where... where I, that's I, how you end up with a fucking cubicle that's been spray-painted, just saying. Yeah, do that and then get your little hose out when you're not finished or something. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I was living in Japan... Um, the is that a hotel and it was like a it was a Japanese it wasn't like a, a, a real kind of like an inn or anything it was like a western style hotel but it had the tatami mat floors and everything but um it had some old people like you know old old grandfathers and grandmothers like maintenance and things like that and uh, like you know making the rice and stuff and um they had western style toilets they had Japanese style ones like you know in the floor sort of thing squat ones but they had western style ones too and one day a fucking old dude nearly brained himself fucking squatting on the seat like you're saying. It's gone on the seat. It's fucking stacked it into the wall, busted oh. the seat. Poor old Gigi. Um, now, where were we? <laughs> Jacob Shaw, 88. This week's podcast getting me through the three-hour train ride home from Melbourne. Thanks, boys. Hash legends. That's a fucking long train ride. It is. Fuck, if, you, if, you, if it was 2011, we would have got you fucking from, to the train station through the train ride and, uh, and the walk home as well. And um, probably would have bought you a car so you can fucking drive next time. Yeah. At Supergrover 4, a.k.a. the Solus Melbourne Storm supporting Ranger. So I'm attending the NRL for- fan forum on refereeing tomorrow night, which is actually as we speak. It's a perfect time to wear my ref's fault scarf. Yes, it is. And I, saw, I think I replied, said, look, oh, you need to get a, a picture with that scarf with Matt Chechen. That's a... <laughs> Dear Lord. Now, this is a section where we get both of us get fucking slammed by ungrateful pricks. Okay. Starting with at Mitch the Geo. Does anyone think that my Nate's laugh sounds like Muttley the dog? Nah. Well, it's not a million miles, but... Some, like, yeah, sometimes if I'm keeping it going, keeping it going, keeping it going, I know what he's saying. But it is a bit of a, like a... It is a bit of a, like a bunged on, like nah, to keep on. it, it riding for a long, long time. Oh no, yeah, you, like, you can tell, you can tell the genuine laughing when I'm just if trying to, to quietly. Do it. We're not here to fake it, Nathan. We're not here to fake it. It's more <sighs> about being real here. Don't, don't, don't pretend. We'll get to, we'll get to that. Uh, at Blue MTS, okay. so I don't know if that's not sure for Blue Mountains or and uh, B L U E M T S. Actually, starting to feel sorry for Glenn. Please don't. He's the most relatable bloke of the two. Nate has skills, but doesn't have the humanity. <laughs> I agree. How good is that? Heartedly. Um, look, oh, this, love is, it. this is a role as we play. Nathan is a is a kind of a man, and yeah. um, I am, you know, a, a, a good-hearted uh, human. Um, we have to spend. We have to to run the gamut. Of the, we have to have the superior manly fan attitude, and we have to have like the man of the people, Westy 
Campbelltown attitude. That's why it works. Why do you have to throw superior in there? Just like that, that air of superiority. Like right. Superior attitude. Mm. That you bung on like you laugh. Well, I don't bung it on. I mean, at the, end of, at the end of the day, it's really just an extension of the real man, isn't it? <laughs> now, um, uh, Blue MTS coming again, and, it must, and this must be in relation to us saying about, you know, we don't want to be like the footy show, so on, so on. Said, you guys will never be like the footy show because you are not commercial. Just keep saying what you think and feel. Thank you, sir. Fucking right on, brother. The real Jedi. Fist bump. <clears throat> now, now, the tables have turned. Here we go. This fuckhead. The real Jedi. Listening to the latest that playing hash gronk yawn drinking game. Drink when Glenn yawns. Ran out of alcohol. Hash 34. I wonder if you actually, that's a legit count. <laughs> oh. Last week was... was uh, Last week was one of those ones, that's though. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. It was a tough drive home. At Matt Jim Frank B... Maybe late to the party, but it's clear that if As Glenn, always. yeah, it may. But it's clear that if Glenn is any Game of Thrones character, it'd be Reek to Nate's Ramsay Snow. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck getting that off. <laughs> or is it the result? Is it what I left You've out? Of, done, you haven't done a very good job. It's, 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 there. it's what I left out of sheer mercy, but then that doesn't make me Ramsay Snow because he doesn't have a merciful bone in his body. Exactly. Uh, either way, it you doesn't guys work. You're making it up as you go along. Fuck's sake. Uh, and uh, there's some serious footy thing. Uh, at J.W. McKellar, love Origin to bits, but can't help but agree with those who say it's losing its spectacle a touch. What if, and he's got a thing here about how to fix Origin, play all three Origins in a standalone week as follows. Play games one, two, and three on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday using a 20-man squad. Have an NRL buy the previous and included weekends. Fill the extra game slots with tests featuring Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, PNG, plus maybe Indigenous side versus Exiles. Okay, similar to Super League. If not Exiles, then NZ Maori or similar, plus 20s Origin or New South Wales Cup versus Intrust Cup. Most importantly and contentiously, play the lot all in Sydney one year, Brisbane slash Gold Coast the next, to encourage a true carnival atmosphere. Something people would happily take a week off work to travel to and go to the lot for a reasonable combined ticket price. This would make a real spectacle out of the showpiece of the game, plus stop to 10 to 12 weeks of affected NRL rounds in one fell swoop. Thoughts? I'm probably more in favour of shutting the NRL down for a month. Month seems like a long time. The one thing I disagree with is play them all within six days, because mm. you, you figure with the intensity and everything of the games, games two and three, you're going to get diminishing returns. I think if Monday night football is such a fucking thing for for clubs to turn around from, how are you going to turn around and play Origin three when you played Origin mm. one on Wednesday and Origin yeah. two on Friday? <sighs> yeah, I, I they're going to be can't see that being a thing. Um, <clears throat> I think shut the NRL down for a month. Play origin period, bring yep. it back up. I think you get the benefit that you know guys that have have played, you know, in the middle of the season, guys have played 12, 12 games. They've got their bumps, their bruises, their knocks. We well, can um, shut it down for three rounds. You don't have to do a month. Really, you just go a game a weekend. One, two, yeah, three well, consecutive well, weeks. I mean. Yeah, it's three weeks, isn't it? So it's, yeah, so it's three weekends, and then there's two weeks in between it, and then you've got you know around either side. So. So it's actually far less than a month, so it actually works as a good idea, I think. You're fucking splitting hairs here. But what I'm saying is, play it three consecutive weekends, like you say. Mm-hmm. You get the benefit, the guys that aren't playing Origin, they yep. get to rest up, yep. heal their niggling injuries, which everyone's got at this stage of the season. Can you imagine how good the second half of the season would exactly. be if all the teams fucking fix their injuries? The, the Origin guys get to play the Origin, 
they get to recover properly <coughs> in between. They're not backing up. No, and they're also paid handsomely per game for Absolutely. Origin as well. So I mean, you know, let's not no, they won't have too many tears. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't think so. Or is my wife showing a lack of humanity? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's what you're renowned for. Um, and then the NRL's proper <clears throat> season proper kicks off again. The Origin's done. Everyone's got the warm fuzzies uh, from Origin, and then the, the second half of the season, you get Run players home. that are injury you know, free, or injury you know, free and fresh presumably and, squad stronger, or like you know, yeah, fresher I at least, think, um, at the very least. I think that's a legitimate proposal and, you know, something could definitely be considered. And as far as all the curtain raiser stuff with all our teams, I agree 100% with that. Sure. And if they want to play top, pay, if they want to charge top dollar or want people to pay top dollar for the origin thing, like they have jacked it up this year and last year as well, I think, yeah, fuck it, throw in awesome games like that as curtain raisers and make it like a grand final day mm. atmosphere for each origin game so you've got shit going on from like lunchtime. And you know, you know, leading through yeah. to Origin game, you know, kicking off at like seven thirty or something. Exactly, that would be sensational. And how fucking drunk would you be for the Origin, dude? Be- oh god, oh, probably as drunk as I was the last Grand Final day. Yeah, if they did that, we'd we'd have, go down and have a, a meet up every <laughs> three weekends in a row in between <laughs> before each game. <laughs> I, I probably would die between games two and three. Yes, maybe. Uh, and just think, if there's anything else we missed? No, I agree. And that would, yeah, and if there was a combined ticket price package for the two weeks, so you flew down on like a, you know, the day of the first game and then stayed for two weeks and then you had the game in between and the game at the end, that'd be fucking awesome. It'd cost a lot, but geez, it'd be good. Uh, Ernie Oz, a question without notice. Who has played the most good games in the NRL? The Fat Touchy or Jamal Idris? So Fat Touchy being uh, Dave Taylor. Of course. For people Um, who don't know yet. Jeez, that's a fucking hard question. Idris, I reckon. Fat Touchy's never played a good game. He's had good spurts in games. But Idris has had some fucking good games. And yeah. as recently as this season. Sure. Dave Taylor's done nothing for a long time. And I <clears throat> I dare say, Dave Taylor hasn't done anything of note since fucking Carmichael Hunt was playing for the Broncos. That is literally the only time I can think of when he was... Almost, he's still, del- almost he's still delivering it. out on that. Yeah, when he was delivering on potential, it was contract time. He was leaving the Broncos. It it, it ultimately earned him a, a, a good contract, contract with sets. the Rabbits. Yeah, and that was when Carmichael Hunt was running up to the line and you know putting a short ball across to him, and he's just crashing over. The two of them, it made them both look amazing. Yeah. So dominating into that year, I can't remember what year it was, but yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Idris as well. I think Idris for sure. Yeah, no, cause Only because I, I rate Idris as a footballer. And he just has been fucked over by injury quite a bit, and yeah. you know he's got his personal issues. Fat Touchy has no such thing. He's only been fucked over by his own love of meat pies and 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 lack of commitment to training mm. and shit attitude. I mean, let's face it, the dude's a behemoth. I mean, he should be. He should be fucking the put second him through, coming of Arthur Beetson. Put him through an be. NFL combine and focusing on explosiveness and forty meter sprints, and he did dead set fucking unstoppable. I mean, 40 metres, you know, you're halfway down a field at that point. Exactly. I mean, you hit a line and, uh, you know, like, fuck, there's, you know, the NRL is full of tales of, you know, unfulfilled potential. And he's Sadly. just another one. Yeah. But he brings that all on himself, too. It's not like he wasn't cruel. Like, you know, he wasn't like Alex McKinnon or Simon Dwight out of the game. Mm. Like, he was just fucking sand out in there. <laughs> and he's still, he's still, he's still thieving a living, too. The base Chapo, your best mate. 
Not really. In regards to the DCE backflip and who first did it, I'm pretty sure Wally Lewis and Gene Miles did it to Manly back in the day. And I remember that they were booked to, to join Manly. Manly Warringah. Yeah. Like Holy Jesus. In like around 80, you know, mid-80s. And what happened was they were going to sign, but the QRL was so pissed off because Belcher and that had gone down to Canberra and there was still like a big inferiority thing going on mm. there. And so they actually blocked them signing with the New South Wales Rugby League wow. and going to Manly. Can you fucking imagine those grand finals we dropped to the Eels around then? And not 87 would have been even fucking better. How would your relationship with Wally Lewis be? Oh, it'd be sensational. I'd be like, what's my relationship with Cliffy Lyons like? Exactly. It'd be like that, because he'd be a manly god. Oh, fucking... Gene Miles. He'd be throwing the fucking basketball passes oh, out, out to the winger. dear lord. Who was playing wing in those days? Or was he playing centre? Sorry? No, oh, who, who, was, who, who was, was playing, playing wing for... Jesus manly Christ, now you're taking it back. It's like, it was like the early to the... I, I wish I had the... I had the whole tweet thing. I wish I, I could remember which one was. Was it like was it eighty three or eighty five? I can't remember who the fuck that. What year it was, but holy shit! The thing is though, what you know? What about Cliffy Lyons? Would he ever come to Manly? And you know, that's a whole other, you know, alternate timeline thing. North Sydney. Yeah, he would have. And about Beef? Would Beef have been the player without Cliffy? Would Wally have been able to? I know, Wally wasn't the kind of player that, that Lyons was. You know what? I'm inclined to say, look, I'd maybe take Gino. And then when he lost it, he could, you know, fucking shift to the pack like he did. And, Wally uh, Lewis is 14 times the player Cliff Lyons ever was. He would have made Steve Menzies... How many premierships did he win? Sorry? How many premierships did Wally Wanker win? With Winner Manly. Uh, oh, Winner Manly, yeah, Queensland ones, of course. Yeah, yeah no, I mean real ones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean Queensland shit. How many fucking reserve grade premierships did fucking someone win? Who cares? That's That's how many. Very strong competition in those days, the uh, the QRL. And um, <laughs> I remember prior to the uh, prior to the Broncos coming in, my um, one of mum's friends was a huge uh, Wally Lewis fan, as was I, and she mm-hmm. used to get all the Rugby League Weeks and, um, and bring them to me with all the reports of the QRL so I could keep up to date with what Wally was doing. And... Uh, <laughs> uh. State <laughs> and I used to read and go, what a great player that Wally Lewis is. Yeah. Fantastic legend. We used to love Valleys back in the day. Sorry? We used to love Valleys back in the day. He used to go to Valleys games with my old man, but then they got the, you know, out, out of the competition and they had pretty much stopped supporting, the, following the QRL. And then when I was playing, I played for North. So there you go. The biggest tiger. Look. I don't want to get into the rep round standalone debate, but I've just watched 70 minutes of Union just because it's on. That's <laughs> fucking sad, hey? Unky-dee. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. flicking through the channels. Yeah. It was half time, 3-0. Yeah. yeah, no, like West Tigers shit. versus Cowboys. I, wouldn't even, I would, wouldn't even do it. Wouldn't even change. I would rather watch ads for fucking Bunnings or whatever than flick, <laughs> than flick the fucking Union. Unky D. So Dave Grohl snaps a leg and keeps the show going. Makes Shunter look like Ben Cray. <laughs> Tall Hayden. Can I please have sympathy this week in league? I put the same bet on for two seasons. The first round I don't. Cashes. He's Ouch. been putting... I don't, I'm not sure of the figure. I want to say $5. $5 a week on Marty to power double. For two years. Doesn't do it this week. Just gone. 
and it caches. And that oh. would have been fucking massive too. Even for like a, you can for him for like a first try score thing, you'd be talk, you'd be up getting up 20. around twenty bucks, yeah. right? So for him to score two tries in a game, fifty bucks for a double. I've never put money on doubles before, so I'm not really sure how how uh, steep those odds get. But surely, even for like a like a game at Brookvale with Brett Stewart included, even him to get two tries would still be pretty sizable dividend, right? Uh, Super League. Look, we've been talking about Super League a little bit lately, uh, in terms of you know immortals like Luke Dawn and Chris Bailey, and players of that nature. Rob Conlon twenty five tweets us and says, "It hurts listening to you guys smash the English and Super League, mostly because a lot of it isn't far off." Lay off Luke Dawn though. To that, I would like to to quickly skip ahead to the email section. So, Rob has just said that, you know, lay off Luke Dawn. Got an email from someone by the name of Alan. Hi, guys. Twill is the best podcast, but Luke Dawn doing well in Super League? Question mark. Super League reintroduced relegation to get rid of clubs that signed Dawn. Bradford, gone. <laughs> London, gone. Dawn is a jobber, fills a shirt, takes a salary, takes a team down. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Contrasting viewpoints. English fans, we're happy to get a ruling on Luke Dawn, but um, it seems to be a pretty polarizing issue. Imagine that. Well, he's probably glad people talk about him. Um, good question of the week from Monkey D, though. It's time for Twill to man up and tackle the real issues of the day. Kiwi fruit, skin, on or off? It's a fucking no-brainer. You, you, you scoop it out with a spoon or you, or you peel the fucker, right? Yeah. Who is the skin on? Like, These fucking savages. Godless fucking Where barbarians. Where do they come from? What country are they from? Are they Ukraine? Oh, I can imagine Ukrainians... This this sort of thing they do there. This is why they're in fucking civil war. And, Look, I want to say they're from the know, central coast, and maybe you know that's a you know. Oh, just, we need to really. It's it's Eastern European. This is the sort of thing Eastern Europe. They they don't shave their arm. The women don't shave their armpits. And well, I suspect I suspect Valente is you know it sounds, it sounds Italian to me. No, right? they're not classy enough to be Italian. Not even close. Sicilian maybe. We'll just let that one go, eh? <laughs> so, team Kiwi skin on or team Kiwi skin off? Off. Hashtag. Send us, send us and let us know. Because the, this first blew up months ago and I was actually surprised by those. There seemed to be a reasonable amount of support for people eating Kiwi fruits with the skin on. Yeah, I'd never even contemplated that as a possible course of action and still never do. I mean, my God. We slice bread now at the, at the bakery before you get it. There's automatic transition, transmissions in cars now. So you don't have to have a manual. You don't have to eat fucking... You know, in the olden days, you know, when you're scratching fucking etchings in caves and trying to bang two <laughs> sticks together to make a fire, maybe then you could have been forgiven when you're an uncultured barbarian. You could be forgiven for eating a kiwi fruit with the skin on. But in this day and age, <laughs> in this day and age, Glenn, when we've got science and the internet, why the fuck Look, would you do it? There's, there's problems in that family. There's major problems, and the problem is the problem is they're both fucking in agreement on it too. Well, of course. Normally they split, and like Andy, Andy takes the, Andy's the right like option. Team Tall and Dennis is like Team Tyrion. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, for once they agree on something. They and do good for them, and they come down the wrong side of history. Um, 
<laughs> Peco Niccolo, speaking of Italians who are classy enough to wear the Italian. Definitely not Sicilian. Halfway there and the middle of the table extends from 4 to 12. Any thoughts on which teams will start pulling it together? Uh, West Tigers. Are you in 12? Oh, you're 13, Nigel. Or 14, even. Let's not split hairs here, Nathan. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, someone goes, oh, Manly's fucking, you know, this this far behind, this this far at the back of the table. Or or did you mean three wins from seventh? Because <laughs> that's, it's very fucking congested this year from, you know, outside the top four. So, you know, anyone can go on a run. Uh, but which teams start pulling it together? There's there's so many teams that... Still last. All, all bar four, four teams probably, could you could say, haven't pulled it together yet. So, who, who fucking knows? It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out at the end, though. Um, Glenn Talks Movies. Bernard JKD, who's one of your, a very staunch ally of you, actually. Great. Listening to your latest cast in bed during the night. Now imagining a, hide, imagining a hiding Chucky waiting to rip into me with a machete. <laughs> so, uh, give me the kids nightmares worldwide. Excellent. Excellent. Now, a member, as in an actual member, Greg, who... Um, He's not on social media. It's a little bit scared to to dip his toes into social media space. Don't use your toes. He was put on the slip something else in there. Just or just <laughs> jump in, nude up and jump in. But uh, works with our good friend Lynn. Oh, sorry to hear that. So he Is has he told a Lynn. Carer? He he's told <laughs> at the home. He has uh, he he's given her a suggestion for the movie for you, All right. which she is, she's then emailed to me. Uh, this will be good, and um, yeah, as as we do, we you know we just started doing, you know, and we'll and we'll do it until we get bored with it or whatever. But um, yeah, Glenn, is, you know, reviews a movie based on the trailer alone, and um, so without further ado, Glenn, I present to you this week's movie, and it is Cannibal Holocaust from 1980. Oh, what? So uh, I'm not watching this. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's horrible. I can't understand the reason for such cruelty. It must have something to do with some obscure sexual writer. With the almost profound respect these primitives have for virginity. So yeah, when we started when we started recording. Sorry, when we started showing it, you you asked me, is, is, is this is this real? And it's an excellent question because this movie is actually the originator, the first movie that you know did the, the found footage style of um, of uh, filmmaking. So the predecessor to you know your Blair Witches and your Paranormal Activities and so forth. Um, but was, this is massively controversial because there was a lot of animals killed, like monkeys and the turtles. Like you see them pull that turtle, like, like ripping apart, like they, like they kill. You know, they got the Peter thing at the end of movie credits. Now mm. they killed a fucking lot of animals. Like the, the, that right. was controversial, but also they did such a good job because they originated the found footage shit. There was a thought that the, like the, the people thought they thought it was like a snuff film, and like it was real. Right, and he had the actors, like the leads, sign contracts to say that they wouldn't perform, do any commercials or modelling or anything for for twelve months after the really the the complete conclusion of the film, so they could actually like keep the the illusion going, you know, like that these guys weren't in stuff, so wow. you didn't see them, you know, and so um, Diodato was actually arrested. It was confiscated. The film was confiscated ten days after it premiered in Milan, and. Um, he was arrested. He was charged with obscenity, and then they upgraded the charges to include murder, 
because the courts believed that the four actors portraying the missing film crew were killed for the camera. And um and there was a, there's an impalement scene and they, and they thought that the that the actress involved in that scene actually was impaled in that manner, and so they had to actually round up some of the actors to go no here they're alive, <laughs> and eventually wow. it was, eventually it was all dismissed and everything, but yeah fucking very very interesting story. historically very interesting movie. <laughs> Never heard of it before in my life. Yeah, not surprising. And and and, you, and what do you make of the trailer? We'll watch that one though. Yeah. Sorry? One day we're going to win you over. You're going to watch a trailer and you go, yeah, actually, I'll watch that. Yeah, I won't be watching Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> Fuck. Please. Get into it, though. It's good. I mean, yeah, it's a historically interesting film and significant film. And, and uh, pointless to a rugby league podcast. <laughs> well, as, yeah. as are as all of these fucking stupid trailers people are making me watch. <laughs> Send them in, and uh, if you've got something you want Glenn to watch, uh, we've got a couple other suggestions that we could probably make, but I'm always happy to see new suggestions there. Um, now... <laughs> got an email from Jim Man Bear Pig and he sent us a very detailed treatment for a multi-page like a full like a comic book on the show right and so I'll, e- I'll email you the document because it'll take it takes some time to to get through I haven't actually digested it yet either um, but I'm going to be in touch with you because he sent it sort of based on the, the you know like Twilgenfeld the the emergence of Twilgenfeld and like, like, just list like before this fucking degenerate unemployed fucking man of questionable integrity that resides in the United States of America who happens to wield a fucking crayon Torgenfeld before he come across this show mm-hmm. the fuck was that guy doing sitting around playing around with his fucking crayon and his clag glue well. and his paper mache well, he's you know he's got his caricature of businesses, you know, the San Antonio boardwalk. Who's fucking side are you on, mate? I'm just I'm just giving you hey, facts. I'm just introducing facts into this trial. Who's fucking this chook? Okay, here we go, fucking chooks again. Yeah, again. Is there any movies? Where's the trailer about fucking? Have chooks? I There's the a new, movie I can watch. Have I welcomed the new listeners yet? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now all of a sudden stumbles across the podcast, enlightens his life. We come into his, you know, into his otherwise miserable existence where he's just sitting there with, you know, clag glue and a fucking crayon wondering what he's going to do with his life. Here we go. We come into his life, enlighten it. He's become, you know, a better man and something resembling a human on account of us. And we're lining his pockets with work. Just constantly. (laughs) Everyone's like, draw me, draw me, draw me. I'm like, don't draw me. And he fucking draws me every week. Yeah, and you know the thing is, now you've attacked him on the show, you know you fucking stuck your head up again now, and you've got to get it again this week. That's what I do best. <laughs> Come at me, bitch. Did you like the Ricky Gervais <laughs> part of the one? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, got an email from The Elusive and Mysterious, That's True. Oh, Sends an email. Man. I'm a busy man and don't get to Twitter as much as I would like. I got released on Friday night. No kids and wife, just mates in a lift home. Proceeded to make it one to remember, adorning my para jersey draped with Twill Nation attire. We hit the paceway for shit food and drinks, Westy life. <laughs> then came time. I'm four deep by this time and giving Panther people, this is the Penrith and... Uh, and uh, Eels game obviously giving Panther people shit pre-kickoff knowing this game could be over before it even begins how was I to know that I was not going to be drowning my sorrows but rejoicing in drinks and Panther tears at the half I went to the sheds to tell Watmo he's a fucking piece of shit and who walks at me Brad Arthur I give him a clap and say good half Brad drop Watmo and stand out for life he's so unreadable I think he agreed but didn't want to say <laughs> 
wow, fuck these Panthers supporters. I thought I was going to punch or get recognised by a Twill Nation member. Neither happened, and we go on to win, and I don't end up in the gutter, only the sink this year, and it full with chips and beer flowing from my mouth. Para, undefeated asterisk. Love the show, have to run, no time for spell check or reread. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's why I was, you know, the reading was stilted at times, because, yeah. He didn't even spell check his Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now, just some general stuff. Um, Tigers in decline shirts, 100% completely gone. That's it. I think we're done. The inventory uh, in the uh, in gone the, the management, gone, nothing, nothing left. Thank you, everyone who got on. And that's probably like a good two years, at least, right? Two years since they've been gone. Oh, I don't know. Well, that, that was the first shirt we did, I think. Don't really, uh, and, um, look, don't really get involved with that tripe, Nathan. Tra- a trailblazer. Run TMB. Last week, I reported that there were two to go. Yeah, this look, week, they're done. I'll just... Um, me and Butsy... Yeah. I, I've got to buy one for my nephew. Uh-huh. Um, Butsy said if I buy one, he'll buy one. Yeah. And then Saguna comes, you know, fucking flailing in after the party started. Sam Thiday wants to finish it off. Yeah, and he's like, oh, let me know when there's one shirt to go and I'll buy it because I want to be the hero. I'm like, yep, yeah, righto. So anyway, Butsy and I are taking the last two shirts and then... Again, is going to come in and tell a story about and, how he's a fucking hero. And he'll hear this, and then he'll try and get in there, but there'll still be one left after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in other words, you cannot win Saguna. Don't even try. Ever. Run DCE. But he'll make up a story about how he yeah, won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then afterwards he went and went, had a threesome with Wade McKinnon in the, wearing the shirt. <laughs> and then kicked mm-hmm. the footy away. Yeah. <laughs> run DCE. Uh, we'll, we'll run TMB, let's be fair. this is The first season we did this show... Lottie Takiri had signed with the West Tigers and your life was full of promise and hope and you came in high on Lottie's lo, hope of Lottie's success. I really did. Hope to get a Lottie success in the, in the with the West Tigers and Lottie himself. You had your little song and you had, you know, you had everything going. This season, Run TMB was the equivalent thing, you know. Like, still is, Nathan. Still, still, yeah, is, still is. I mean, let's hark back over. to Friday night. Yeah, so we'll get to that. Season's not over. Um... But yeah, that was your thing, your pre-season thing. This is what I'm going to push is run TMB, makes up shirt like that and, you know, give us the, the avatar thing I can have on my Twitter and yep, all good. So season what, we're up to round 15, still two to go. And yeah, you've got them organised, but, you know, I'll wait till the money's put in look, the pocket. You're not making you're not making any sense. It's it's done. The job's done. Okay. The job's complete. Cool. But speaking of job, job's done, run DCE, pre-order filled. It's about five over. Manly fans, <laughs> how fucking good... The most trying season in over a decade. We'll see. We'll see what the Friday most, night brings. The most trying season in, in a generation. We'll see. <sighs> and they still, two weeks, just go blah. Ten to go the when they're streaming out that fucking shithole of a stadium. Streaming out. Can't get the exit, get to the exits fast enough because the Tigers have dominated them for 70 minutes and they cannot take it any fucking longer. And there's a fucking a lady... Dressed in grey, walking behind them, ringing a fucking bell, saying "shame, shame, shame." <laughs> I think that's more like West Tigers fans um being paraded through the through the manly masses that have filled the stadium to the brim. Um, but we get once again, you're going off too early. I mean, it's the story of your life, isn't it? Now. <laughs> so thank you, the the Run DC. So my mar- marriage therapy says. <laughs> So run, D- run DCE, it's 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 ready to go. The printer has been notified, activated. Hopefully those things will turn around pretty quickly and uh, get them out to all of you uh, legends who got on board. And of course, just because the pre-orders feel, and same for Run TMB, of course, you can always still get on. In fact, if you want to guarantee that your size is available for you, 
get on as soon as possible before I give the vinyl breakdown to um, to the, the printers because what happens is obviously I've got the orders and I'll sort of see what sort of trends are set by the orders in terms of sizing and then I'll, you know, make extras up you know, and just select the, the numbers for each size. Um, so if you if you have a particular sizing requirement, especially larger ones, because we don't usually get, we're not, I'm not going to, historically I have grabbed extra larger ones, but... For the husky not, gentleman yeah, and the big girls. That's not happening anymore because what, what happens is you're left with, left with large size shirts that are far too big for, you know, like Glenn and I could both wear them. So at the same time. Um, so and sometimes we do. Yeah, and sometimes we do. So, so the extras yeah. are going to be going to be from small, Someone small to XL, maybe a fraction of XL, two XLs, something like that. But that's you know very few. So, if you've got a larger size requirements, get in now uh, or forever hold your peace. Um, on some of the other stuff, Maddie McP twenty five said, uh, "Not sure if this idea has been mentioned or not, but what about having Khan Spake on the flip side of the rest fault scarf?" Yeah, that was actually the first thing I thought of. I thought it was amazing, and everyone's like, "It's oh, too in jokey." So. Amen. Not a fan of it. But I, I don't see why we don't just have rest fault and then this week in league on on the other side. Yeah, I suppose we do that. Does the trick. Yeah. All right. M fifty one avoid. I said a Glendol. Can you imagine the way they'd be violated by Twill Nation? I'm prepared to rubber stamp it. I'm gonna get on Alibaba, find a Chinese manufacturer. Given the way the dolls will be violated, I'll make sure it's like BPA free and you know it's not likely to cause anyone anyone's asshole to you know, disintegrate. Only a matter of time violation. before there's a Glenn real doll and a Glenn fleshlight. <laughs> it's a whole new industry for me out there. Oh yeah. You're welcome, guys. Yeah, you're well, welcome. Yeah, I, don't, I can't. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm ever going to going to feel aroused again. <laughs> Somewhere in Saguna's lounge room. <laughs> He's checking his bank account. <laughs> I want to bankroll this venture. <laughs> Just tell me how much. I'll make the cast. News. First story, West Tigers CEO Grant Mayer has resigned from his position with immediate effect. He had uh, been in a job for two years following his appointment in late 2013, and he said it's time for him to go. We both realised the time was right, Mayer said. I wish West Tigers well in the future. He claimed he would also like to remain involved in rugby league. One source close to the club said the resignation was mutual. Grant did some great things at the club, but he thought the time was right to move on. The Tigers issued a statement yesterday to announce the resignation. West Tigers would like to thank Grant for his diligence and dedication to the club, said Tigers chair Marina Go. We look to the next step in our evolution and a fresh approach to take us to the next level as a professional world-class sporting organisation. West Tigers is looking forward to achieving the goals that are critical for a successful future for the club, both on-field and off-field. Head of football, Phil Moss, will step in as acting CEO until the club finds a replacement. Mayer oversaw a tumultuous period in the history of the joint venture, which included numerous boardroom battles, the sacking of coach Mick Potter, and the possible departure of the club from the spiritual home of Leichhardt Oval. So, I thought uh, I was pretty surprised, to be honest. I thought if uh, if Grant Mayer was going anywhere, it would have happened last season. And by all reports, it was pretty close to happening. And then the dust settled, and uh, and and he survived. And all in all, I think he's done a really good job. Um, the club, 
you know, was in a pretty dire financial situation when he came on board thanks to the mismanagement of, of the salary cap and other finances around the club by Stephen Humphreys and his cohorts. Um, may have come in, um, changed a lot of that, made a lot of the hard decisions and, and was the face of those decisions to the fan base um, and handled himself really well. He copped a lot of flack and copped so much horse shit about merchandise at best and less and fuck like it was fucking embarrassing um which he explained him but he always took the time to explain himself over and over until the point where you know he'd addressed it a number of times and he'd always take the time to say this has been addressed and move on um was really good as far as the face of the organization goes i don't get the feeling that he was great internally and i think that ruffled a few feathers but you can't make hard decisions in a, in a business and be everyone's friend. And I, I think he probably um, has been around long enough in, in different capacities in, in some pretty uh, serious sporting organisations over time to um, to probably wield a decent stick mercilessly, which you need to do in those roles at, from time to time. So I'm um, certainly thankful for his time at the club and, and you know, like I said, made a lot of hard decisions and the club is, is definitely... in in better stead um, as he leaves than what it was when he walked in the door. And that's that's always a good sign of a, of a good administrator. He is the second CEO to stand down in the past 24 hours following the resignation of Parramatta counterpart Scott Seward. Um, he resigned after just 22 months in the top job, leaving Chief Operating Officer John Bulos in charge while the club finds a replacement. Seward, the fourth Chief Executive in as many years, finished up with the Eels on Friday, leaving for Melbourne with his family after walking out on the Eels for personal reasons. It's understood he'd been waiting several months for the club to offer him a contract, an offer that wasn't forthcoming. Um, he was seeking greatest job security from the Eels, which is why he met with Melbourne last month about taking over from Mark Evans as Chief Executive of the Storm. The Eels boss spent time in Melbourne at Western Bulldogs, however, he didn't make the shortlist for the job at the Storm. Storm. Parramatta confirmed Seward's department from departure from the club on Sunday night, sending out a statement to the club's members. The Parramatta Eels of today announced Chief Executive Scott Seward has informed the Parramatta National Rugby League Chairman Steve Sharp that he'll be leaving the club for personal and family reasons. Eels Chief Operating Officer John Bullis has been appointed Acting Chief Executive effective immediately. Head of Football Operations Daniel Anderson will assume all football administrative responsibilities previously handled by the CEO's office. Everything I said about Grant Mayer... Um, the reverse is probably true for any administrator at Para. They're the same fucking ramble. That oh, yeah, sorry, I don't know if it's CEO though. Like you know, same shambles that they they are year after year, which is um must be incredibly frustrating for their fan base, given the uh, the juniors that come through that come through that club every each and every year. Yeah. Um, you know, such a strong fan base, uh, such a strong junior base. And then fleeting, sporadic success uh, for the team. You know, a week here, a week there. 2009's a distant fucking memory. And look, I don't even think the CEO position is actually a problem for... Well, yeah, it's it's possibly a problem, but I don't think it's the root of the problems as well because all the... People talk about Manly with the boardroom stuff, but it's nothing like Parramatta has had ongoing for a fucking long time. Mm. And that's probably what's behind him not getting his extension or his contract offer and things like that internal politics there i'm sure there's some people that want him and there's you know another faction that don't want him as these guys do they tend to be contrarians and if one good side wants this then they just want the opposite of that because it's not what they want um 
And yeah, I think he's probably a casualty of that. Uh, I'm sure someone who's close to Parramatta will be able to enlighten us more in, in terms of the, the relative strengths and weaknesses and whether it's a good or a bad thing. But given that Kieran Foran has like a fucking escape pod internal ter- turmoil clause in his contract with the Eels, if um, you know if they don't sort it out, he may be uh, at the doggies before you know it. You think? Well, where's else? Where else are you going to go? I mean, they're going to fucking offload Trent Hodkinson or someone like that. So, well, maybe they do the silly thing, and th- or I guess he, he has a relationship with Hodkinson. You know, pure pure speculation, but fuck to let go of him, boy. Um, oh, they're not going to keep. They're not going to keep Hodkinson just as a, as a a carrot to to foreign. I mean, foreign wants a coach that's going to take him to the next level. Interesting. And money, lots of money, and, and no internal turmoil. <laughs> uh, Look, it'd be very, very uh, disappointing. You know, Parra—they just never seem to get it right. And you know, you look at the way they handled the Jared Hayne situation. You thought, okay, maybe you know, this is uh, this is a club that's actually starting to get its act together. Yeah. Um, you know, they handled that situation pretty well, and. You know, the signing of Kieran Foran. There's been some good signs. Um, they started the season fairly well. Brad Arthur is, a, um, you know, I feel a good appointment as head coach. He's having his teething problems there, and um, and that's to be expected. But um, given the playing roster that he has, I think he's, he's doing it. He's doing a, a pretty good job given some of their performances, but hasn't quite um, been able to find that consistency. So... Um, on the field, it looks like it's it's growing slowly, but surely. Um, off the field, it just seems to be spinning out mm. of control here. I'm not sure it's growing. I mean, they have, like they have some good performances. I mean, he's like, he's offside with Sandow, and you mm. know you don't know what you don't know who who likes Sandow, and you know whether he's you know he's popular and you know a figure that, you know they back or yeah you know, he's uh he's benching Watmo and you know Watmo's playing the by far the worst season. He's already by far the worst season of his career, even if he kills it for the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Brad Arthur's that great a coach. He seems to be an excellent assistant because he gets a lot of raps. But, uh, yeah, not not doing so well. Now, uh, we've got, we got some tweets on based on, on those news stories. Obviously, they're very, uh, very popular stories for people. Voodoo Rock had to comment on both of them. But uh, about the uh, West Tigers... Clearly, Robbie can't run a schnitzel restaurant, but he's a sniper when it comes to coaches and CEOs. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go. Corey Davis, 03. Breaking. Robbie Farrer to be named as West Tiger CEO after overthrowing Grant Mayer today on HBO's hit show Game of Nose. <laughs> Tall Hayden. How's Robbie's shoulder? Cold. Just ask Grant Mayer. <laughs> this is fucking brilliant. Uh, a voodoo rock on, uh, on the, on the Paris situation. If inaccurate. Has Foran activated his political clause yet with the CEO off? I heard the Titans have some cash to spend. That's true. That'd be funny, yeah. Go to the Titans. Newcastle have agreed to release BJ slash Joey slash Joseph Leilua immediately so he can uh, play out the rest of the season with Canberra and I believe he uh, he's already due to sign to, to join them next season so it'll uh, finish you know, the last half of this season and in regime where he was uh, contracted anyway and uh, Lola was confirmed speculation uh, to the nation the national capital via social media yesterday he's on a contract worth $425,000 this season wow 
which gives the Knights 200 grand to play with. Now he's leaving for half of the half season. Gives them 200 grand to play with prior to June 30 to try and bolster themselves by buying someone in. Rick Stone said the priority is to sign a front rower after Jack Stockwell was ruled out for the rest of the season following surgery to repair a ruptured bicep. Nonsense. And confirmed there'd been negotiation with the Raiders over a possible trade. If it is urgent and it's going to come before June 30, Stone said of the new signing. Myself, Matt Gidley and Michael Hagen have been working through some scenarios there, some with Canberra, some with other clubs. One thing we've agreed on is not to panic and buy someone that we don't think is going to make our team any better right now. The decision to part company with Leilua mid-season follows the centre's call several weeks ago to exercise a get-out clause in his contract that effectively made him a free agent in 2017. The bottom line for the leadership group and management team is we want players who want to play with us and play for us, and at this point in time, Joey doesn't want to do that, so we've released him. Culturally, we've made a decision and made a bit of a stand for what we think is acceptable at our place. I know it's hard to pull the trigger, and uh, it's, it's a hard one to pull the trigger on, and possibly it mightn't make our team any better, but we think for the long run it'll be better for the club. The breakdown in relationship between Leilua and the club can be traced back to Stone's public criticism of the centre back in February after he returned to pre-season training from the Four Nations tournament a few weeks prior, badly out of shape and weighing 111 kilos. At the time, Stone fired a rocket at Leilua because of his poor attitude to training and suggested he was no certainty to start the season in the NRL. Around the same time, Leilua had a run-in and training with Bo Scott, who accused him of not putting in. So his reaction to the criticism was to seek an immediate release, and when that, and uh, that's when his management pers- first put feelers out with other clubs. <laughs> he subsequently was named to play in first grade, and has played every game since. But the desire to leave stayed, and uh, yeah, this is what happens. How any professional that has any real desire to improve and, and just pride in their own performance a, make a real career can react to his coach you know criticising his his shape when you know you come back from a from an international tournament and you're 111 kilos several yeah. kilos above your ideal weight and, and to truth be told I look at him and I still don't see I don't see that he's dropped that many of those no. 111 kilos I just, you know, there's a lot of professionals out there that would take that on board and work their ass off and, and play even better. You know, like, he's he's had some reasonable performances this year, but um, it's, you know, an attitude like that. How does that change in Canberra? They're enabling it. Well, you know, they're, they're, they've got such a fine track record of reforming NRL bad boys. <laughs> But this the the the, the point I'm sending I, them away to other clubs. Yeah, the point I want to make about about BJ Lewis, what a shit cunt he is. Like you're told, you're given you're given the uh, the fucking warning shot and the rev up. That this way, the way things are at the moment, you are you'll not you'll not be starting the season in first grade. I'm gonna fucking leave. Ninety eight out of one hundred players in the NRL would fucking go, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong and fucking double my efforts and dig in and, you know. Exactly. BJ's like, well, fuck that. I want to release. I'll go somewhere where I can be a lazy cunt. I like my pies. Yeah. I fucking, what are the pies like in Canberra? I fucking get pies and smoke weed down there. <laughs> Let some fireworks off and nothing you can fucking do about it, Rick Stone. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we knew, we, knew he was a, we knew he was a shit human anyway, like, you know, with his texting and whatever with his ex but um yeah yeah snapchat Leilua yep uh just a couple of quick ones um Paul Carter 
almost six months to the day he was sacked for the Titans by the Titans for repeated drink and driving offences. He's joined the Rabbitohs on Monday, hopeful of getting his career back on track. He was great. Said he was grateful to be given another chance to play in the NRL. Quote from my meetings with uh, Michael Maguire and from what I know about the club, I'm very fortunate to be getting an opportunity to start my career again with such a fantastic club. And it's something I won't be taking for granted. Carter said in a statement, he's been undergoing rehabilitation after twice being pinged for drink driving within the space of six months, and that led to the Titans terminating his contract in December. Um, his father Steve of course the great Steve Carter holds the record for most first grade games at Penrith and um, and uh, Paul played 21 games for the Gold Coast in his rookie season last year Madge said that uh, he was excited to work with him Paul showed during his time, his time at the Titans he's a quality NRL footballer and we're looking forward to working with him and bringing him into our club and culture Paul is very capable of performing consistently at the top level and with hard work and dedication he'll have opportunities to ply his trade here at South Sydney Paul will join our squad this week, and during our discussions, he's indicated he'll be working very hard to earn a place in our top seventeen. I hope he, I hope he does. Good get for good get for Rabbitohs. I would have had him at Manly. He was awesome before he started fucking hitting piss and drink driving at the Titans. Yeah, I hope that it is, you know, a way a true wake up call, and he, and he does put things right with his career yeah. and and makes it go. Put it this way, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one to to diminish the severity of drink driving as an offence but I, you know he's would have had to be labouring or something for six months mm. so he's really tasted like you know had it real life yeah. and properly lost it people have done put it together now people have done far worse stuff mm. and either you know take a suspension you know but they're getting paid you know or they you know far less consequences the you know than, than what he's, than what he's had. so so I guess he's young and he's seen life outside of football at a young age if he throws his career away so you would anticipate perhaps that that would then see him taking this one with both hands good and not fucking up yeah, it's good for South fucking loads of clubs would love him as a forward that'd be a 200 grand forward the, the Knights would have had absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, you know I'm for certain certain people I believe in second chances I think there's certain things where lines get crossed and you don't deserve a second chance because if you commit a certain offence, albeit, you know, the things like, uh, you know, domestic violence, sexual assault, things like that, not to diminish drink driving by any stretch of the imagination, but if you uh, partake in domestic violence or uh, sexual assault, Mm -hmm. zero second chances. Yep. Um, I think uh, Paul Carter can... uh, Hopefully, learn from that mistake, and and I hope he's not one of these guys that that has to go to fucking two or three different, or, you know, three or four different clubs, yeah, to um to see the error of his ways. Yep. Hopefully, he can put the put his best foot forward at South and and perform. Yep. And uh, finally, let's look, talk about Ben Ross breaking his arm on the footy show. I don't watch the footy show. I didn't see it live, but our this week in league, a TWI league Twitter account yeah, was up. lit up by people sending vines and things like that of it. So, got to watch it straight away, and uh, pretty ordinary. I, I still haven't watched it. I've seen oh, the really? X-ray. And, oh, um, you should watch. You should watch no, it. No, I don't. I, mean, I don't want to watch it. It doesn't look gross when it happens. Yeah, but it's more the noise. I it's just, like a uh, cracking sound. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I don't want to hear that. It, I've it, seen the X-ray, and um, I feel yeah. for Ben Rice. That's you seen the one where he had all his arm opened up. There's a picture where it was all opened up like a, well, like a burrito or something. Let's just say, fuck. And you see all the, you know, all the, all the, you know, every sinew is aligned and 
<laughs> pretty fucking disgusting. Like metal on the bone, you know, like to presumably reinforce it. Jesus. Pretty bad. It's fucking disgusting, actually. But um, that sort of stuff doesn't really shake me. But yeah, it was like some over-the-top shit. Like, you know, have you seen that Sylvester Stallone movie? I heard about it. Never watched it. Yeah. It was like Not that. surprising. But um, yeah, Wendell probably thinks he's fucking Incredible Hulk now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I guess it's one of those things that was a bit of fun on the show and they it had garnered a bit of attention, but um, no one would have envisaged that happening. And uh, look, I feel for the bloke. That's yeah, it's got to suck. It's terrible, terrible, and unforeseen, like unforeseeable. Yeah, outcome from a fucking heart, like you know, from a fun and games bit of arm wrestling. Recaps for round 14 of the 2015 National Rugby League Telstra Premiership. West Tigers 34 defeated South Sydney Rabbitohs 6 um, in front of a fairly ordinary crowd for Friday night. But um, Tigers 34 provided there a few fans with um, some great entertainment. A double to Hot Sauce Tedesco. As you double expect. to Marty DePower. Luke Brooks, David Knopfler, Luma also with tries. Paddy Richards. Five from six conversions. The Rabbits had a try to Bryson Goodwin, a conversion to Adam Reynolds. Look, we've seen this performance before from the Tigers, and um, we all walked away thinking, this is our time, this is what we're capable of, this is what we're going to see week to week, and then this we get fucking dusted by someone. <laughs> um, so I'm very cautious about uh, getting overly carried away with this victory, as glorious as it was. There's um, a lot of premiership fucking celebrations after this game. Oh, oh God. from me. No, no, you're usually fairly... I whooped it fairly up. even I keel. it was fantastic, but... Yeah, you're fairly even keel, usually. Um, I'm just... I'm wary. I'm wary the Tigers have me a little bit gun-shy. Because um, I really expected, you know, earlier in the season we competed with the Dogs, we competed with the Bunnies. Um, you know, we beat the Dragons, beat the Titans, and... And things were actually looking like, okay, this is, you know, we're, we're really building here. And then just over the past month, we've, we've taken a few backward steps. But it was nice to get back on the front foot, excuse me, with a good win. And um, and just have them play footy, you know? Yep. Like, Marty just carved. Um, but I thought, you know, all the forwards really... Um, Stuck at the south, um, and they've they've got a decent pack, but um, I think the Tigers really found a way to attack the lesser lights in the south side. Um, you know the the Bryson Goodwins and and a couple of their forwards yeah, that yeah. Um, they probably weren't weren't you know of the high caliber as some of their teammates. And um, once they got a once they started to get on top, the Tigers, they were really relentless and they didn't let up for the whole game, which is another good sign given some of the games that we've thrown away after being in, in convincing leads, um, you know, at half-time or, you know, fucking 20 nil after 20 minutes and silly yeah, things like this and yeah. then thrown it away. So um, the Rabbitohs were, were under strength and, and they were off their game and it makes for a tough night. Um if if you haven't turned up to play and the Tigers just happen to be running hot like they were, um, tough night for the Bunnies. But um, 
I really thought Marty Tapao, he got me in the match and he, he just bludgeoned him. Um, it was one of those like showy sort of performances where you really noticed him. Mm. Know what I mean? Like, mm. yeah. Well, he's not exactly a shrinking violet either by any stretch. Um, but, you know, Jesse, Sue, Ava was great. I thought all our bench as well. Ava, um, Lodgie, those those guys, I kind of half expected with the way Marty was going. I was like, fuck, we're going to take a real dip here when the, when he has to go off. Yeah. But Ava come on and, and Lodge as well. Um, just kept that momentum going and, and I, I think uh, it opened up a bit of space out wide and, and you know, Tedesco, Noffa, um, Tim Simona, Brooksy, a bit of extra space. They played a bit of footy and um, fucking sliced and diced and away we went. We win when we want. <laughs> you got to start wanting, hey? Um, <laughs> I think the, uh, the, the the calls for, for Alex Johnson for origin and inclusion and things like that. Uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a tough night. He's better than that. Inglis has been quiet for them anyway, so, you know, but I don't see Inglis getting the palm like that. Like, well, Johnston isn't isn't a physically imposing guy no. like Inglis is, though. And, like, that's, and that wasn't, and, and that's that's not his fault per se. He could have made a better attempt and tackle. I still think momentum would have got him anyway, no matter mm. what he did one on one. But, yeah, the, the, the players in front of him. Should I mean because that that play was so fucking obviously on? It wasn't like a special mm. play or anything. No, it's just passed behind it to Power, who was running, running into I just what appeared to be a gigantic gap. The Tigers that it was they just everyone just assumed that it was going to Tedesco out the back. Yeah, um, that they do throw the Tigers do throw a lot of crash balls. Yeah, but hitting the lead runner isn't something they they do very often. I guess that that element of surprise worked for them, but. Um, but even so, like just the gap they left for that one. Yeah, I mean, exactly. gave them no That's fucking the chance story. whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy that we won. It was it was a tough four weeks of footy, um, but you know it's it's what we de- do over the next month that's really going to count. They've shown that they're capable. They've shown they can do it. They prove they can defend. Prove that they can play footy against a, you know a team that should have good structures regardless of who's playing and. Um, you know, South's coming back from that Western Australia trip too. I think they might have yeah. been a little bit. Well, like I said, they were under strength. A little bit they jaded, I think. Game and because um, their strength but wasn't. You can only that, play yeah. what's in front of you. And, oh, that's it. So, um, I was I was happy to see them get a bit of confidence. You know, and as the game wore on and they got better, um, you know, they they really uh, whooped it up and it's just that confidence boost is is massive for the, for the young guys. Stuart Marler, surely after that Martin to Power fly spot, there's got to be a fend of the year Twilly. <laughs> no. The reason why Tough there isn't, there is, the reason why there isn't a fend of the year Twilly is because that's probably, you know, that very likely could be the only one we see this year. Like, spectacular. That's spectacular sort of stuff. Even like GI, he doesn't he, he doesn't throw them out as much as he yeah. used to, you know. So, yeah, you're only going to see a couple of them in the year period and then that's if that's if there's a fend of the year tooly then that's it because you know that very well could be one of you know the only ones that you see. Matt Jim Frank B. A Tiger's victory is like Chapo getting laid. It happens rarely and involves a big Kiwi fisting someone. Oh. I, I don't even know how to unpack that. Unky D. 
Tigers win without Captain Snuffy. Proof again, yet again, that he is a myth. And you make an excellent point, Valente, in that the common thread in the piss poor form of the Tigers is that fucking handbrake. The uh, the Lebanese cancer schnitzel. Fucking Robbie Farah. He's taken out a CEO while he was away on origin duty, so the dude's obviously got the fucking mad, mad range on his sniping. The sooner they fucking Benji him out of there, the better this team's going to be, as evidenced by this performance. Woodsy will slot into this into this Farrellist world order. He'll you know he'll he'll do it, he'll do it with ease. He's young and you know he seems like a cruisy dude that doesn't like to push agendas. Robbie, on the other hand, cruel fucking New South Wales game one origin, cruel West Tigers for around four or five weeks outside of that, and here we go. They fucking him off down to Melbourne. He's got no influence on the game whatsoever. And look what happens. The kids fucking go great. You got any tweets to read, Nathan? Yeah, we do, but I'd just like to hear your comment on the clear facts, scientific facts, mind you, that Farah is a handbrake to the side. At That's least, horseshit. At best, he's a handbrake. At worst, he's outright cancer. Robbie Farah is a spiritual, uh, physical, mental, and every other essence leader of this team and captain. Um, he's uh, possibly one of the greatest players ever to pull on that jersey and I won't have you sullying his name <laughs> oh, he's not even the best fucking player to pull on number 9 for, for fucking Tigers oh shit Benny knows how to win Origin games just saying <laughs> That's, when you talk such nonsense it's hard to have a discussion and a, you know, a measured debate about anything because you just you delve into this pit of nonsense and you drag out this complete and utter rubbish and I just feel I, I can't do you agree with you the Tigers over the last five weeks or so have played terribly and Robbie Farrow has been in the West Tigers side for that period of time correct yes I agree too yeah look you can you can West Tigers have him the out closed questions you like Nathan but it, it won't have any effect because you want to talk about Robbie Farrow pushing agendas you yourself you can't, you can't are pushing it. an agenda I can handle whatever you throw at me you can't I, handle the truth I, I can handle the truth and I can handle a sledgehammer and I'm about to put one through the back of your skull because I won't have you sullying Robbie Farrow the spiritual and heart and soul of this great club I'll, I'll, he's you say, you, you, say heart, you, you say heart and soul of this great club. I say, if we rank him over the history of the club, he'd be somewhere between like Steve Edmed and Daniel Fitzhenry. That's... <laughs> Again, I, I think you need to get into you know reading the tweets because you talk such nonsense about something you, you know nothing about, and you're pushing your own agenda, which is exactly what you're accusing Robbie of. Doing, are you saying? Rubbish. Are you saying that? Oh, no, I'm you're not a hypocrite. I'm, is what accu- I'm no, I'm accusing him of, of just playing shit and dragging the young young stars of the future down. He's not letting them live, and he's not letting them express themselves. And when they do get to express themselves, when he's fucking miles away in Melbourne, this is what happens. That's all I'm saying. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. The fact that he fires CEOs and coaches for you know for fun in his spare time when he's not fucking you know launching failed schnitzel we've, re- we've restaurants. We've got four games to recap, <laughs> and we're already at an hour twenty. Look, this show has never shied away from the real talk. All right, and I'm not gonna. I'm, I'll be damned if I'm gonna start doing it now, Glenn. 
<laughs> going to get my bill. Shame. 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 Oh, that's what fucking TMB will be doing behind behind uh, Farrah when he gets frog marched out of the West Tigers. <sighs> He'll be in the handbrake and cancer to decide that he truly is. The second Robbie Farrah strips down naked, the rest of the club will go, whoa, whoa Robbie, you can stay. It's fine. Why? I Man, it's packing a hell of a kebab. What am I saying? What are you saying? Boxcar Jason. Great win by the Tigers. I'll be wearing my Tigers in decline shirt, ironically, tomorrow. Hash this week in hipsters. Set it on fire while she's still wearing it. Fantasy underscore NRL CEO. Getting a tweet read on this week in league in the wrap-up of a Tigers game is harder than a Marty Kapow fend to the neck or Glenn's mushroom right now. There you go. Here's your tweet. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Corey Davis, 0-3. Mitchell Moses with a Jared Hain-like game tonight. Didn't do anything till the 77th minute. <laughs> and uh, Cole underscore 316. Hash, run TMB, sales go up with FTS Tedesco. Glenn, creams and sips a Macca's coffee. Not quite. Except the sales didn't go up. They they stayed the same, as in zero. Uh, <sighs> fuck. But I did like your tweet. Sydney Roosters 25 defeat the New Zealand Warriors 21 over at Mount Smart in New Zealand. Uh, the Roosters' tries came through two dads, Sean Kenny Dow, James Maloney, Brendan Elliott, Blake Ferguson. James Maloney, <sighs> three from four conversions, a penalty goal, and a field goal. The Warriors' 21 came from a double to Carter. Lola Haya and Vatavai also with tries. Uh, Sean Johnson, two or four conversions and a field goal for their 21 points. Sean Johnson at his best is probably in the top three players in the world. Um, Says the man who's got money on him for Dally M. Dally M. And um, <laughs> I'm possibly his biggest fan. Unfortunately, really? we just don't see enough of it. And yeah. his ability to consistently close out games is seriously shaky. Um, I saw a couple of the Mitch nerds talking today about the Warriors' record leading at halftime yep. and then going on to lose in the last you know, couple of seasons. It's fucking atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. When you've got probably one of the best halfbacks going around in your side um, and he's got all the skills, kicking game included, he can't kick him to victory. That's a telling stat for Sean yeah. Johnson's legacy at the Warriors' Um, to date. But it's been something that's plagued them for the entire history of their club, though. Absolutely. They're rocks and diamonds. The the, the phrase was always invented for them. On positive... One positive for New Zealand is that they controlled large parts of the game um, and well and truly had it in their grasp. But that's, as you say, it's been the story of their club since its inception. They... It's it's a cultural thing. It's cultural change that's required, and I'm not sure McFadden is the guy that's going to bring that about. If some of his selections know, are fucking oh laughable, absolutely laughable. And do you know what would have probably made the biggest biggest change to the New Zealand Warriors? And again, it's a massive uh, massive hypothetical, and and never was never a chance of ever happening, but. If they got someone like Wayne Bennett to coach them, mm-hmm. that's that's a guy that changes the culture. That brings you a winning culture. That's and, right. And you know what? Dare I say, we spoke about it before. Maligned 
someone like your Brian Smith. Yeah. That's the guy that would structure that place in such a way, perhaps, to set him Cleans up for some house, sustainable... builds a system, mm-hmm. and and you go from there. And I'm not saying he, he outstays his welcome every single fucking time, but the work that he does in, in the initial phase of his deployment yep. um, is always effective. And I'll stand behind that at every yep. club he's ever been at. Yep. Sometimes it really pays to be an old-school footballer, even in this day and age of, you know... Athletes getting bigger, stronger, faster. Their footwork's better. The game plans, the tactics. Sometimes, the guy that just plays footy, fucking shines brightest. And James Maloney is an old school fucking footballer, and he came out on top. He he scored a try. Um, his kicking game was impeccable. Just um, yeah, I was really impressed with his performance. Surely someone could teach him how to fucking tackle though because if he could people can wouldn't be able to say shit I, I wonder how, you know the statistics there and it's hard to argue with but physically yep he looks he's not a small guy by any you know he's not a tiny dude no 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 um he looks like he's willing when he's you know yep just just for whatever reason, he makes... And I don't know how this stretches out over the course of his career, you know, his Warriors days, etc., yep. whether it's always been an issue and now it's, this year it's been highlighted for whatever reason, but um, it's just... There's no real rhyme or reason to it. Because yep. he's... You know, physically you go, that that guy's big enough to stand and deliver. He's not... He's not a little guy yep. that, that needs to hide in the line. So... Not sure how um, how whether this season is an, an anomaly or whether he's over the course of his career he's been a horrible defender. Okay, uh, at Warriors suck balls. He's actually a fan of the Warriors, <laughs> believe it or not. Warriors proving yet again that physical prowess is no match for mental weakness and mediocre coaching. And his tweet at NZ Warriors coaching please. Delorean Gray uh, Nathan Friend is basically scrappy doing human form. Maybe the Warriors will give him a specialty Scooby-Doo jersey. <laughs> Jake underscore Chook. Jake underscore Chook. In the last 12 months, I've questioned whether the Roosters are capable of pulling a comeback, uh, pulling off a comeback like that. Good to see some ticker. And uh, the tweet I've been waiting for. Niles1991. Just like a night out in Cronulla, Blake Ferguson spotted a gap and went for it. Um, Why? Why do we have to keep going there? I saw uh, Torgenfeld was chatting to him and he's, uh, he's like, look, you know, it's it's a great performance by this. It's just unfortunate it was Blake Ferguson yeah. as the guy, you know. Uh, kick it mobile. Jonathan Wright doing all he can to earn another Sharks contract. Ash clearly homesick. Ash Butterfingers. Every club has one. Yep. And the biggest tiger. Warriors played a game of two halves. First half, they allowed, them scores, they allowed themselves to score. The second, they didn't. Hash, fuck it, Tigers won. Yes, sir. Gold Coast Titans 28 defeat the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs at 14 at Seabus. And uh, the Titans 28 came from a double to James Roberts, Kevin Gordon, Brad Ty, Josh Hoffman, also with tries and Caesar four or five conversions. The Dogs 14 points came from a double to Curtis Rona, a try to Sam Cassiano, one from three conversions to Mbai. What took the bigger set of stones? Roberts running it on the last 10 metres out. Throwing yeah. this fucking ridiculous dummy. Um, 
and then a you know a 15 20 meter pass to a teammate yeah. on the run or Moses and buys chase and tackle which that that passage of play was fucking spectacular that was one of the great try saving chases and especially yeah. when you consider where he came from yeah well, I mean, because, you know, Robert started it sort of down, down 10 metres on the right. Yeah. And Mumbai, Mumbai sort of, he started it in a similar sort of position to where Robert started from. Mm. And so he's beamed across, diagonally across the length of the field. He had to turn and chase in the initial Turn instance. and chase from about 20 metres out, where he, he would have been 15, 20 metres out. Turn and chase. Di- he was close to, t- he was like 10, 15 metres in from touch. Turned and chased diagonally down to finish it off literally in the corner. It was um, it was a hell of a lot of commitment, um, and the passage of play to get the ball there from the Titans was equally as impressive. Unfortunately, yep. it didn't finish in four points for them. Um, seeing the Titans stadium via television is just fucking embarrassing. They always seem to find that place there where there's like a, a young couple sitting there, and they're the only people in shot at the time. The other end of the field was. There was no one. Yeah. No one. And 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 we've spoken ad nauseum about their crowds, and I'm loath to hack on them again. But as a TV spectacle, even you know, it's yeah. it's it's just not a good look, unfortunately. Um, James Roberts will be the best centre in the game in 12 months' time, in my opinion. Just his confidence must be at an all-time high. He's, he's yeah. consistent. Um, Teams are starting to... It's a bit like Jennings in some of his games at the Panthers when he was in form. And he'd get the ball and, and you can immediately see the defence fucking prop back on their heels yeah. and wonder what What's the he fuck gonna he's going to do. Gonna do. Yeah. And Roberts is the same. And everyone panics. Yeah. Because you can't afford to be a step off with that guy. Yeah. Because he will burn you every time. Once he's through, he's pretty much yeah. that's it. Yeah. And um, it's... That's... As a footballer... That's a pretty uh, a pretty impressive string to your bow um, to have a defensive line intimidated like he has at the moment, and continued form like this is you know that's going to be the tail of his career if he can continue uh, in the vein that he is at the moment. Just fucking fantastic, and it's not even just his speed now. Yeah, you know, like his his footwork and. Um, he's sound defensively, he's, he's making, you know, he's becoming a bit of a leader. Like, for a centre to grab a ball and, and put on a play like that out of nothing, yeah, yeah. really, when they were getting absolutely fucking obliterated, yeah. and it was the last tackle and they weren't 10 metres out, yeah. and he's got it and taken it upon himself to run it on the last, yeah. and overcall, you would imagine that one of the halves would have called to kick it, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Mortimer was on the field. Um not good enough from the dogs. More professional uh, effort, I feel, was ex- should have been expected from their club. Um, unfortunately, when it was when it mattered and the game was on the long, they were all over the place. Jeez, they made some fucking errors. Forward passes and drop balls. Isn't it interesting that all the talk has been about Trent Hawkinson being the one that's going to get cut out there to retain them by, and yet he's the one missing in this occasion? Yeah. And their structure was just fucking shambles. Uh, I mean, they suffered from the size of their pack too, and it makes me wonder what's going to happen in years to come if this if this you know change to the interchange mm. rule comes in. I, th- I said it on Twitter earlier today, but there's, there is there's some forwards in the NRL that are going to be fucking put out of business yep. by that change, and most of them play for the dogs. 
at the moment. Well, Eastwood, Cassiano and Pritchard are all guys that need rest. Yep. And yep. you're going to get a lot less rest from next season onwards. Um, physically imposing. You need guys that are going to be able to play 60 minutes in two stints, yep. you know, at the very least. So... Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of clubs, you know, handle it. Guys, you know, they've. I mean, on the other side, they've got you know your Jacksons, your Clemmers, yep. and those sort of guys, yep. which it's probably tailor made for. Yeah. So, um, I'm just your Cassianos and your Pritchards are going to have to, for the first time in their career, really, again, have to up their fitness and yep. Cassianos on. You know, his ankles, Biscuit ankles anyway. His ankles yeah. are fucking ticking time bombs. But then again, I mean, if he could get the weight down, his ankles wouldn't be ticking as but, much too. You know, you know, once you t- once weight and and you know impact takes a toll on your joints, especially your ankles, it's, it's hard to come back from. Yep. Um, up twenty three. Dogs look lost without Hodkinson. Hash great player. Hash better bloke. Hash funny game rugby league. <laughs> Obviously prepping for the arrival of Trent Hodkinson. GT351 underscore Johns. Too many penalties and dumb, all caps, errors by the dogs. Six experienced players missing showed, but well done Titans deserved winners today. Uh, Hammers, H4, MMERZ. Pretty gutsy win for the Titans considering Mort's played the full 80. <laughs> Matty McP25. If these are the dogs of war, they'd struggle to get over the Salvation Army. Hash derps of war. Hash dogs of war. Tweet, tweet of the day. <laughs> I agree. And uh, finally... Monday night foot bitch down at Amy in Melbourne. The Parramatta Eels 26 to feed the Melbourne Storm 22. Uh, Eels 26 came from a double to semi. Rodradra. Corey Norman, Ryan Morgan, Tepai Moroa also with tries. Sandow 3 of 5 conversions. Storms 22 came from tries to Torhu Harris, Ben Hampton, Blake Green, Heimel Hunt, and uh, Harris 3 of 4 conversions. Other than Manu Vatavai for the Warriors, what winger in the last five years? More. Sorry? More, yeah. Oh, carries, I said, yeah, with his... Just with his, carries a fucking team. Yeah. He's... A winger. Yeah. Well, he, he's like the fucking Jared Hayne replacement. Yeah. For them. He's... And he's the Totally different. Fly. But, man, he can carry him on his back just like the Hayne plane. He... Fucking... He's there's really no plane. opened my eyes this season. There's no plane or train to load the players on anymore, but no. you can fucking load them up in the back of the semi, semi. and he'll still take them down. He'll still take them with him. <laughs> exactly still. right. Um, Brett Morris had his moments at the Dragons. Yep. Where everything he touched turned to gold. And yeah, but it was like it was nothing like this though. But like you, you know, know, they. St- oh, I just think. Look, it's here's my captain, my super coach side too. Fuck, I love yeah, him. That's fantastic. <laughs> <coughs> he's um, and he goes about it. He just seems like he's you know, he's a good teammate. He's you know, he's. I don't know. He's, he, he he seems to check all the boxes, and he's. As far as he's defensively stopped a try, um, and his hands are, you know, pretty sound. I think he's yep. reasonable under the yep. high ball. Um, but when he gets the ball and there's any sort of space or, or fucking one-on-one, good luck. Well, one-on-one, good yeah, luck. good luck stopping him. Um, to start this game, it really looked like the Cowboys game with Para um, hadn't actually ended. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was a real credit to them that gained their composure and, and got back into the game. Um, Melbourne gave me the impression that they looked like they just they had enough. They were were going. They never really quite got, quite got into top gear. But 
I think in themselves they felt like they had enough to, with the tries that they put on early. They might have been of the opinion that that was going to continue for the full 80 minutes, but Power really dug their heels in, and, and once they got one try and they got a bit of a sniff, they um, started to control the game a little bit. Still made some errors, but only out of trying yeah. things, you know, not just not just horrible fucking mistakes. They were yeah. actually trying to, to keep playing footy, and that's a good sign. Um, Sandow was in everything good and bad for Para. I'm not sure this game did anything to spell the theory he's going to be elsewhere in 2016. But well, yeah, we didn't really touch on that, but it, you know, rumor has it that he uh, he pretty much, he criticised Brad Arthur and said, "Look, you know, let me fucking let me be me and we'll win more yeah. games." You know, something to that effect. And uh, to which Brad Arthur has responded and uh, said, uh, "You're free to go fucking play for somewhere else." Yeah. I get that he's a, a particular type of player, but. How do you go? How do you go playing rugby league as as a professional, and it's your job, and you can't adapt, especially as a halfback. Yeah, you know you're effectively an extension of the coach out there as a halfback. Well, yeah, yeah I guess you know implementing the game plan and trying to control things a little and, bit. And yeah, control and if you if you only want to play, you know exactly what's in front of you, then. And, and play off the cuff, then what happens when you play, you know, teams that give you nothing? You know, the Dragons, the Storm at their best, yep. you know, Broncos, that's the type of team they're becoming. You just you just can't do it. You have to be able to adapt and, and control the game rather than just out and out spectacular dominance. Sometimes games don't work out that way. Yep. And I think that's as power of finding out you know when Sandow plays out of his fucking brain and tears it up and no one can lay a finger on him they win yep and when it comes down to we're in a grind pardon the pun Ben Ross we're in an arm wrestle and we need you to kick to the corners we need you to you know not push passes in our own sort of 30 40 meter zone and yep um, implement a good kicking game and stick to a game plan he, he he's he wants to throw his toys out of the cot. Um, just fantastic player. Just that consistency that's always eluded him. You know, his time at South, um, and and now here at Parramatta, it's just every year we talk about Chris Sandow being yeah. out of shape. Oh no, he's back in shape and he's in form. Now he's lost. lost yeah, but he like has that one game where he's just in everything and fucking destroys the other team single handedly. Like, yeah. like that game for the Eels. Like, it was like two years ago we went to that game, that Broncos game. Mm. It was Risby, and they just fucking just like the Broncos were all over them and like leading by like twenty something in the first half. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, and, and he's, then, a, he's a fantastic second, he player him. when he's on. But you've, when you're on, that's great. Yeah. When you're not on, it's about minimising the gap between. Not on and on. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, it's fucking cavernous for him. Yeah. It's... Oh, fuck. Not totally unrelated to this. But, talking about Risby in that game we went to. Yeah. We had a question last week, what what became of Sharkman 05? Risby didn't tell me. But the motherfucker's on Twitter under a different alias. Double the follower down, or On the download. No, 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 no. no I'm, I'm kind of reluctant, do I? You know, the dude's living a peaceful life. Like, he's out of the game. 
yeah, do, do, put it out, put him out there and unleash. I was going to send a tweet just to see what happened. Just go like, hi at yeah, whatever. And uh, <laughs> just let sleeping dogs lie, sleeping sharks lie. But you remember what he said to me though, Glenn. He said terrible things to me. He's not the only man in the world to say terrible things to you, Nathan. Yeah, but I fucked Most all them up too. <laughs> Look, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to show my humanity and let him live in peace. How about that? Saloony <laughs> uh, Poz. Eels never in doubt. We begin our run now. Good luck. Supergrove 4. Melbourne fan. Cheating ref cunts hash ref fault. Jake underscore Chook. Danny Wick's speed comments by the Fox Sport team is unintentional comedy at its finest. <laughs> Look, I'd like to think that they did, it wasn't unintentional. Some of these commentators, especially like you know, like 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 your Vossies of the world, I reckon they love to see what they can get away with. Well, they can sort of slide, you know, they can they they write some phrases down. They want to try and work into their coverage, yeah. knowing who the team is that they're calling and so on, and they just try and put it in there, but they don't make a thing of it. They sort of throw it in there, and the you know, the people who it's there for, they'll pick it up. The other one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was yeah. just unfortunate. Previews. Firstly, we've got our State of Origin game two coming up tomorrow night. Yes. Um, the teams, Queensland, the big change, of course, Cooper Cronk injured, Dale Cherry Evans comes into the seven. Other than that, I mean, you Billy Slater potentially with some sort of shoulder complaint. Uh, got an extended kind of squad there for Queensland too, um, you know, reaching out there with Josh Rapali, Dane Gagai and Corbin Sims going 18, 19, 20. And uh, New South Wales, their side appears to be set. Gallon returns at the expense of uh, Andrew Fafita. Otherwise, you know, fairly set, it's fairly settled. Brett Morris returns uh, at the expense of Tupo. And uh, otherwise... No excuses yeah, for either side, really. Gallon back. Um, Queensland probably lose a bit of composure and, and a bit of leadership um, with Kronk out, but as far as pure, uh, unadulterated talent, DCE leaves, you know, you don't lose much there um, with DCE in the site. What? Yep. Boy, all report's going to be... Uh, I'm not sure it's a sellout, but they're talking over 80,000. Oh, it's going to be the biggest origin, most attended origin game ever or something. Okay. They say. But I mean, you know, easy to okay. say when you, you market market a single event to a a sporting event place. Yeah. Capital like Melbourne is. Oh, look, wherever it happens, I think that's yeah. that's good for the game and good for the spectacle that is origin. And, um, I'd be a big fan of the football field or like the cricket ground watching those because yeah, the field's kind I'm, of right out of the middle I'm there. Not, and, but... But I'm not as there, I'm watching on TV. As so far I'm as a TV spectacle goes, you lose nothing, really. Yeah, um, no, no, you don't lose anything. Live. Uh, Kicking game, maybe. Live at the ground. You, know, you get issues. You know what? You're at the MCG. Yeah. Fucking lap it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit like watching the SCG, you, you know, same concept. But you look, the SCG has the history and, yep. you know, the rugby league that's been played there over oh. over the course of time. 87 grand final. Uh, sorry? 87 grand final, sensational. <laughs> <laughs> Glorious, even. Um, yeah, I I think it's going to be a fantastic game, and um, <coughs> Queensland's got their work cut out from. I think with Gallon back, New South Wales would be would be desperate, and they'll have, you know, 
their uh, their leader and captain back in in Gallon and so what you want about the bloke he's um he attracts a lot of fucking attention which frees up some of the other forwards and um and, and he and he gets good quick play of the balls and, and good go forward which um Robbie can play off the back of and, and maybe gives the much maligned halves a little bit more time so um with a bit more time hopefully they, hopefully for New South Wales their kicking game improves and and uh you know that'll have a marked effect on their game but Queensland's still too strong for me. Queensland and I'll have the benefit of the support down there you would think with the Yeah storm. but you know it's still not committed to support, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. the people are going to travel from either it's side. It's not the same as playing at Suncorp, but it's a lot different than playing at fucking ANZ again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's like not the same as Suncorp, though. That's, that's the reason why Suncorp is what it is, you know? Like, that's like a rabid Queensland only. Sure. You know, this is, this is you know, expats, interested bystanders, union fans, plus a contingent of Queenslanders and a contingent of New South Wales. Plus, they're, refer- you know, they're further back from the, you know, the... the the stadium yeah, isn't going to yeah. have a huge amount of effect, but I think if there is a, if there is going to be an advantage from it, it'll get away yeah, yeah, Queensland. Yeah. Um, Queensland clearly declining. They would have won that first game by twenty, two years ago, I reckon. Put the play exactly the way it was. I reckon they win by twenty. Um, but where the where the points come from for New South Wales? That's my question. I mean, Gallon. Would absolutely not allow that hole that they fell into in the first twenty minutes of the second half happen again. Just, just the leadership of Gallon and the leadership by example far surpasses anything that Robbie could muster on his best day. And I mean that is a knock on Robbie Farah, but more to the point, it is it's actually a it's actually a kudos to Paul Gallon for sure. the way that he plays. But Origin is about Origin is about the the forward battle, the go forward, and the yep. and the ascendancy that you can get off the you know as. Yep via that all due respect to Robbie he is a god of rugby league but he's, he's not a guy that's taken the fucking brutal hit ups yep, yep. you know that a front rower or you know a guy of, of that plays like Gallon does is taking and and you know that sets the tone for the rest of the forward pack and I thought Woodsy did a, a pretty good job of that in his first stint but and and Tamau as well backed him up pretty well but it was the it was the next guy in the line, you know, with Gallon there, you know, you've got that rotation and the, and yeah. the relentlessness of it, which hopefully, uh, for New South Wales' sake, um, can can get them on the front foot and, um, you know, it's all or nothing. Sort of flash in the pan, one in a row, you know, it was Jared Hayne lightning in a bottle and 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 put it on a platter for New South Wales last year, or can they um, prove that? They can do it without him. Yeah, well, they got it, don't they? Um, Eels have the bye this week. Rabbitohs have the bye this week. Friday night football. Just one game. Mighty Manly Seagulls versus West Tigers at Brookvale Oval. Big game, Nathan. Fortress. It's a big game. Big game for Manly. That's for sure. Once again, I mean, it's just with these fucking injuries, it's always it's like it's, one, it's not one step forward, two steps back, but it's certainly one step forward, one step back. I mean, it looks like... People returning through New South Wales Cup on the bye weekend. You had Jesse Senny Lafau coming back through. Uh, Josh Starling, I believe, uh, coming through as well. But, you know, the flip side is Jamie Lyon gets injured <laughs> you know, the week before and they just, they just can't catch a break. So this time um, we've got a bench here with uh, Josh Starling in 22. So I wonder if that's a situation where they kind of make a late call on him. Um, who goes in that case? I don't know. Um, Hassan 
probably you think Liggy South's been okay. Uh, otherwise, yeah, Kieran Foran's in the side. God help us. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, injury to Jamie Lyons sees a Hickey go to the centre, where I think he's better, a better player, and uh, Tommy Turbo into the side. Which is always a good thing. The more of him, the better. I'm definitely concerned about this game, and um, I'm worried that the Tigers aren't going to play like they did on on Friday night against the Bunnies. And um, there's no reason why they shouldn't. Uh, Woodsy and and um, well, that, Robbie hasn't been named. What's the deal with that? Is it just because Hallatow is 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 named there? But, but Hall- is, they were talking Hallatow. But he had a bicep a, injury or something. Didn't I, he? I I wonder if um, if Chero goes into starting hooker, um, or, or Robbie gets named late, which is Mate, probably the more likely. Yeah, I mean, so, but they, you know, you can say, oh, they take, they're waiting and seeing what happens with Origin, but Woodsy's not getting the benefit of that. He's in there. Yeah, but Robbie's got the pre-existing shoulder thing. Yeah, that's true um, too. Haltow has the bicep injury, but says he's going to be there. Maybe it's smoke and mirrors to take the pressure off a youngster. Yeah. Coming in. Um, I think Charing- Charrington's acquitted himself quite well. In his, in his time in first grade, um, he's certainly a player of the future and the heir apparent to Robbie's uh, number nine jersey. I think he's better than Robbie now, and I actually would prefer Robbie to be there, to be quite honest I, with you. I wish he'd shut the fuck up, but it's probably not going to happen. I'm worried about this game. I'm worried that the Seagulls are going to um, you know, stumble across that form that you, you talk about, but um, I, I just think the, the biggest blow for, for Manly is, is Jamie Lyon being out. Um he always gives us trouble. He's one of those players that that always uh, seems to be able to pull out the big plays against the Tigers, and and that's a massive out for Manly. But um, Cherry Evans and, and Brett Stewart are still in the side, which makes him a very dangerous proposition. But uh, I think the Tigers will, you know, be able to weather that storm from Manly, and you know, they'll be taking. Let's just say. They'll be taking their plain grey outfits and their bells to the game and Manly will be stripped naked and marched out of their fucking so-called fortress with a walk of shame. And I wish or, I was there to throw shit and food. Or conversely, on them. or conversely, Tommy Turbo will get in there, whip out the knife, fucking bam, bam, stab both of the Tigers' eyes out, fucking kneecap... And come around and say, run TMB, you are no one, you are nothing. Slice the throat, turn into a fucking rug. And then they'll all take turns running trains on Robbie on top of the fucking rug of the dead tiger. I suspect we're never going to agree on this one, so... <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, you're going to say, you're going to say West going to win, I say Manly going to win. At the end of the day, if West play like they did against South, then it's a very fucking difficult job. Manly, however, do have... Um, I'm, honestly, I haven't had a look ahead at the draw, but what I do know about the draw is that I think they've got like seven Brookvale games to come this season, and given they're traditionally strong at Brookvale, and Tigers are fucking awful, I didn't realise how bad yeah, they were at Brookvale, I mean, because we, we barely play you there, we, we played your blue tongue for ages. I think we put 49 points on you in yeah. 2005, and I could have sworn it was at Brookvale. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I have no idea, but... um. Like lately, like the last, like ever since we've been doing this show, it feels like nearly every single game that we've had as a home game against the Tigers has been a blue tongue, with the exception of one last, was it last year? 
late last year. Like, I think we played at Brookvale, and that was when we like, put 40, 40 to something. Um, mm. Otherwise, there tends to be a blue tongue, and that's not a bad venue for us either. However, Brookvale's naturally going to be better. They've had the benefit, hopefully, they've had the benefit of this of this buy, just in terms of some motherfuckers' bones knitting and shit, like just niggling injuries and stuff. I mean, Cherry Evans, big question mark, how he comes through origin, I mean, you know, he could get fucking rubbed out by someone, you know. And same go, you know, same for Woodsy. I mean, he get knocked out by some kind of, you know. It's hard to know with the origin guys, but we're not both of us. We collectively, you and I, the, the teams both aren't that affected by origin really in the scheme of things. So hopefully that's not only a factor. Our, yeah, you're right. Only our two best players. Yeah, but our captain and spiritual leader in our fucking he's not most fucking dominant he's, forward. He's not named. He'll, he'll play. Well, I hope so. I really do. I fucking I'm praying for it. Because the West Tigers with Farah are a far less ominous prospect than the West Tigers without. And you can, and you can, and I know he's your cousin. He's a fucking your rugby league god and spiritual blah fucking whatever. But they look fucking far better without him. <laughs> you got to acknowledge. You got to no, admit. I refuse to acknowledge that. It's yeah. ridiculous. You, 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 you never will. So I mean, I understand that. I know you won't. But um, look, yeah, you know, I'm prepared. I'm, you know, this just show. I've said, you know. No fact checking, but we fucking talk the real talk all the time. And look, I'm I'm prepared to concede that you know what, minor premiership's probably gone for me this year. <laughs> However, fucking spoon. Everything else, everything else is on the table. At the end of this and, game, uh, Manly will be hash still last. Actually, that's that's going to be the case anyway. Good. We're going to win. We're going to win, but Parramatta have got to buy. So at the end of the day, unless we, um, you know, win forty nil and uh, rectify the four and against a little bit, then you know that's that's probably still going to be the case. However, you're going to be on the way from misery to happiness on Friday, and uh, that's a reference that Glenn looked at me puzzled. Saturday afternoon, GIO Stadium, the venue. Canberra Raiders take on the North Queensland Cowboys. This is a massive game as well. I think uh, Cowboys in red-hot form. The Raiders at home, and it's getting towards that time of year where no one wants to play the fucking Raiders at home. Um, And we have to say Cowboys, traditionally not a travelling side, however, they haven't found it to be as big an issue this year. I think the Cowboys are probably getting to a point where their bubble has to burst at some point. Um, they need to have the loss they, that they that they, they need, need to have, to have to, you know, yeah. for an undefeated premiership season. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, I just I don't know that I've got the stones to tip the Raiders. To be quite honest with you, I've seen a lot of people tipping the Raiders, and there's a lot of things in their favour. However, provided everyone gets through Origin okay, how could you not tip the Cowboys? Though mm. I'm not saying the Raiders can't win because stuff happens down there in Canberra. And they've Unexplainable got shit. and they've got amazing games in them. The Techno Viking could just fucking take charge of this shit. He could rape and pillage through the entire Cowboys lineup, <laughs> like Vikings do. Exactly. All the while, it's just like <laughs> with you know back with, 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 with swords and shit, ching ching, you know, screams of fucking you know dead Cowboys, but. Yeah, what is it, 10 in a row? Fuck it, what? Yeah. Canberra, not one of the powerhouses. You know, if you're a prudent person, you're going to go Cowboys, right? Exactly. Um, Gold Coast Titans versus New Zealand Warriors at Seabus. Probably be the crowd of the season, you know. 
for the Titans, yeah. given that fucking test match we went to at Seabus that time, and it was just like... Warriors are always well-supported, and um, mm. hopefully that puts pay to the to this shitty television spectacle that is the Titans at home. No, because I feel like the away supporters, base, so that, that What is it? What side is it? The the Eastern Stand is just going to be fucking empty as usual. The little drum part, there'll be the drum people, and that'll be about Did it. Did we see enough from the, from the Titans uh, last week against the Bulldogs to... If, look, if you go off both teams' last starts, you'd have to tip the Titans, wouldn't you? Um, I think I'm, I'm probably comfortable enough with the Titans being at home. Warriors don't travel well. They were horrible last week, uh, whereas the Titans will be buoyed from a good victory over the Dogs. So I'm going to tip the Titans. I have written down my tips for each of these games here, and I've written Titans in a close one, and I really fucking deliberated over these tips today. So oh, I can't tell you why I did that. I guess I guess uh, uh, James Roberts is just going to score a hat trick <laughs> and fucking run through these bitches. I, I guess, um, you know, the the warrior the Warriors could not implode too. Sure, the you know it they could just as easily put forty points on the uh, yeah. on the Titans as, as as getting beaten by a fucking field goal. Like the Titans are punching above at the moment with their squad and quality sure. like their quality of squad. So. They're going to get found out at one stage. They're going to have a bad game at some stage. So, you know, it could be it. Uh, if there's a big crowd there, you know, they might get spooked. <laughs> so might know what the fuck's happening. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they, they can't train in those conditions, and they certainly don't have match days there in those conditions. Also, on Saturday, Saturday night, 7.30 game, Canterbury, Bankstown, Bulldogs take on the Penrith Panthers at ANZ. Yeah. Doggies. Dogs. Without Moylan, the Panthers are... I'm trying to think of a play you're Story that all the, all the dogs' uh, origin players are going to be rested. That's Desi's bullshit. There, there's, look, I've had enough to do with Des Hasler coach sides in my life to understand that the team that comes out on Tuesday sometimes can barely resemble the team that runs out on the field because exactly. he's full of fucking shit. They'll be wanting to make amends um, for last week's pretty shabby performance against the Titans. Um the Panthers are banged up. Wallace and Soud, another game under their belts in the... Uh, uh, sorry, this will be another game under their belts in the halves. Um, Moylan out still for several weeks. I'm going to lean towards the Panthers, I think. I'm going to lean towards just, the Doggies because I'm thinking that Desi's going to put the Origin players in. Yeah. And the, the Panthers are just not the same. Without Moylan there to prop them up. You know, on top of the other players that they've got injured. I'm not saying Moylan by himself, but, you know, the, he's managed to sort of paper over a lot of the gaps in the side. Yeah. yeah. I think Corey Thompson um, struggled with the, the Gold Coast Titans kicking game last week. And I, I think, um, you know, Penrith are very, very adept at, uh, at you know, attacking kicks to the opposition wingers. And I think you might uh, have another horror one trying to field Jamie Soward bombs and, and, and cross-field kicks. I have to wonder why, I mean, do they, do they not have any other players? Like, why would, you know, has he got the goat pitches? Why would Hazlitt persist with him? He just, I don't know. I've seen him do some good things. I mean, the Warriors, the Warriors wrong, dropped um, Jonathan Wright. He just doesn't strike me as a guy that should be playing first grade consistently. Yeah. That's that's my humble opinion, and Bulldogs fans may uh, have a lot more evidence than what I've got to, to make their argument the other way, but... Um. Yeah, wasn't great under the high ball last week, and and I think Jamie Seward's kicking game it would be, um, he's more than capable of isolating him regularly 
Um, and with some of those, some of the guys coming through, you know, Wunga Blake or Simmons and Vare, um, even DWZ there, yeah, very very good at taking ball, you know, above their heads or um, or flying through on attacking kicks. So. Um, I think Jamie Soud might kick them to victory. Yeah, look, the way I think the doggies will line up, I think they'll win. However, yeah, if they line up like that, with that massive roster of fat cunts, <laughs> then Jamie Soud's just going to turn the fuckers around with his superior kicking game all game. And they're just going to, by the end of the game, there's going to be gigantic fucking gaps to run these guys through. And then I think Panthers do have the advantage. I just can't see Desi doing it, though. Newcastle Knights take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks at 2pm Saturday. Hunter Stadium, the venue. Knights atrocious. Shocking. You look on paper and you're like, it's not that bad. I mean, you know, they've got some some quality players in there. Their back line, you know, their halves are obviously decimated by injury and that's probably, you know, 70% of their problems. But... It's not the lineup doesn't look as bad as their performances. I'd agree with that. I still think the Sharks will win this game. Yeah, I got Sharks. Even though the Knights are at home. Um, yeah, Gallon, Graham, Lewis, just the forward pack there, um, more than adequate to get over the top of the Knights and uh, Valentine Holmes. Fuck, you know, Sasai Fecky, those sort of guys. I think um, Sharky's slowly but surely showing some real signs of improvement, whereas the Knights, I think, are, uh, are going backwards at a rate or not, so Sharks for mine. And the Channel 9 game Sunday. Melbourne Storm take on the Broncos down in Melbourne at Amy Park. Tough ass for Brisbane. They, they don't have a great record down there. Um, good side for Brisbane. Um, Melbourne... Backing up from Monday night at the same ground after getting uh, done by Parramatta. There's talk that Billy Slater won't play um, again after, after, Origin, yeah. after Origin, yet he's been named in this side. So um, time will tell which side of that argument is horseshit. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip the Broncos. I got Broncos question mark written down here, yeah. and I think I agonised over it a little bit because um, I think the, the the way the tipping and the and the bookies and everything are all going towards the storm, but I just couldn't see it. Yeah, and I uh, think um, Ben Hunt will control the game quite nicely, and I don't think the storm's going to be able to get the same out of Ben Hampton. Um, so, yeah, I think based on Ben Hunt's kicking game and control, I think uh, I think the Broncos will win. Matt Parcell named in the squad again, albeit on an extended bench, but he has been named at seventeen. So yeah, he's been named in the lineup. Yeah. Um, Hopefully he gets uh, another opportunity to impress. St. George Illawarra Dragons take on the Sydney Roosters Monday night footbitch. And this one's taking place at Allianz. I'm going to lean towards the Dragons on this one. Um, I think their attack is is um, improving every week. And uh, it was fairly scintillating last time they ran out. And... Roosters are a good side, an improving side, and getting back to where they uh, where they were were you know still quite high, obviously very high on the table, um, despite some out of character performances in recent times. Um, 
bounce back with a uh, you know a win against the Warriors. So they'll get some confidence from that. But I just think the Dragons defensively they'll handle what the Roosters can can throw at them. And I think their attack, you know, a bit of unpredictable um, play from Benji Marshall off the back of um, hopefully if their forwards can get a bit of momentum, uh, Benji and, and Widdop can play off the back of that. And then you've got Dugan pushing up as well. So going to lean towards Dragons. It'll be pretty close. And I think the, the Roosters are certainly more than capable of winning this game. They're a great side. but got to- I'm leaning towards the Roosters. I think the wheels are going to start falling off the Dragons. There's the prediction. I want to talk about where the wheels are. Going to be looking for the Dragons wheels in a month. <laughs> That is full time for episode 193. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Uh, Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. And uh, whatever you're doing, guys, keep on doing it because we're starting to see some big spikes week on week. And, um, you know, considering this is our sixth season in, it's, it's very atypical to see uh, a podcast, independent podcast like us, staying so high up the charts week in, week out, when the iTunes charts are really tailored towards, the algorithm is really skewed towards new subscriptions, and new subscribers, sorry. So the fact that we're still gaining enough new ones, you know, week on week to be up the up the charts, and not finding us losing those positions to like newer shows, is uh, it's really pleasing. So um, yeah, keep it up, and yeah, one of the best ways to support the show, you hit the subscribe button on iTunes and give us a review. Uh, speaking of reviews, um, two such people did just that, and the first one was uh, from Brad the Chook, Sledging Champions, five stars. If you want to have a shot at Manly fan Nate or Tigers fan Glenn, follow them on Twitter and give it to them or their teams but prepare to be belted on the podcast by these lads in the first half of the show where they return serve with humour and venom. The end of the show is more about footy, good for a laugh, and informative, great podcast. Thank you. That's a brilliant review and fairly accurate. It's probably more like 30, 33, 66, not half and up, but, you know, <laughs> thank you for the review, sir. Why kick a cat along? Poets of profanity, five stars. Look forward to each week's insights into the weekend's games and league news. It does not matter what team you follow. There's something for everyone in this podcast with a great dose of humour thrown in to lighten things up. Funny effers. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That's how easy it is to uh, give a great review. Love seeing the reviews. And, of course, you know, we'll make you famous if you give us a bad review. (laughs) Probably shut down your life. Just just don't make it traceable. Just say it. All right. Uh, tipping. David Kingston remains at the top. The round's not complete. The origin game still comes into uh, into calculations for that one. Um, he's on top by three points at this stage, so uh, very good. Uh, Bush Lemon in second. Dayman, Ben Diggity, Manola Calvete. Come on, you dropping girl. Stay up there. Uh, Mario Siegs, Chris Blackwell, Mad Dog. Nigel B, all on 61, so they're all in the hunt. And uh, one point back to Scott Beebe, fantasy. Rick Grimes, bitch, once again, still on top. Feels like the margin's getting lesser and lesser each time. Uh, the Wendells, One Trick Pony, Warhorse, Top China Dragons, Bobbers, Too Much Tuners, Felidi Mawilly, 
pool cues and Fijian eels round out the top 10 there. And the pick the ladder competition. The biggest jump this week was at Nathan Sully, 89. Jumped 21 places up to be tied second place with Tall Hayden, who remains there from last week. Shithead listener bumped up a couple of spots to take the, the top place, and I dropped three, so I'm in fourth now. Uh, another big mover was Fubar underscore 84. Jumped up 22 spots to 10th, and uh, otherwise fairly static. I think you're about middle of the table now at this point. I think you dropped like 16 or 19 or something like that, but yeah, you're sort of middle middle of the group. Tigers will uh, continue their winning form, and you'll, you'll see that reflect in my uh, charge up the table. Basically, the, the funny thing is that I'm, I'm maintaining a high position up the table considering Manly aren't. And like, I would probably, I, I wouldn't have said, I, you know, I wouldn't have been like you and said first, but I probably would have had them around fourth, so. True. Yeah, which they'll, you know, that'll obviously course correct and they'll be there by the end of the season. Um, shop, we cleaned out Tigers in decline. Well done. Love cleaning out a product line. Um, we still got hats left and stubby coolers, though. Thought I should probably mention that because we don't really mention that a lot, but um, I looked at the inventory the other day. We still, got, we still got some of those to hook in. Um, two shirts to go for Run TMB. Glenn says, of course, that, you know, that he's got these orders covered, but, you know, take it out of his hands and. Yeah, even better. Uh, run DCE, all pre-ordered. It's going to go to the... It's, well, I've been in contact with the printer just to get the final prices nailed down and a time schedule, and um, I'm probably going to break down the sizes. Uh, if he gets back to me tomorrow morning, I'm going to have the sizes in by the end of the day. So as soon as possible, if you need a specific size, make sure you order now. Otherwise, there will be additional, like a small, medium, large XL, maybe one or two, two XLs as well. So get in there, and uh, that... Is it? How are the jerseys? How much further are they? they? They must be getting close, like a week or two, right? Couple of weeks, I think. Couple. I don't remember. I'll chase it up tomorrow. Went. Yeah, I'll chase it up and post it on uh, Facebook or Twitter or both. Yeah, definitely. That'd be good to see. And uh, I can't fucking wait to get my hands on it. It's going to be awesome. I look forward to it. All right. So that's it. Go the Tigers. Uh, Go Manly. Dirty win plus. for the ages. Brookvale Oval, enemy territory. Fortress Brookvale. Be slaughter. The Westies the can't likes win. Of which have not been seen since the Westies can't win their battle at Winterfell. Is it the only? The is, it, is it the only game this year between us? We only got the one time this year. Yeah, that's disappointing. But you know, easy. Get the one win. Can't come back at us unless you guys make the, the eight and we well, end up. We might meet in the finals. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Be late in the finals. But, you know, we'd be top four, and you guys might just scrape into the eight. So. Well, we're Good going to be luck. late. So obviously we're going to win our first couple of rounds to make it late into the finals. I like I like your confidence in the Seagulls and uh, they'll, they'll take heart in that and carry through and uh, beat your Tigers. How about that? The end. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.